0: Hello. Hello. If... Oh, can, can you hear me around? Yeah, I can hear you loud and clear, mate. Uh, I haven't plugged my comp- my camera in. I can do, if you want me to. Shall no. I plug it in?
1: I don't mind, mate. It's fine. Mine just comes on by default. Does it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll all have to do. I can do that. Oh, and look, it disappeared. Oh, right. Or I, can do, or I can do that. And I come back again. It just starts up automatically with it on. That's all. Uh, One second. Ah, I'm still here. Oh, just dropped my mouse. Uh, i am dressed so i can put it on. oh don't bother then don't bother putting it on Hello and thank you for listening to episode 427 of 60MW and the entertainment show for January and February 2022. I'm Dave and so of course I am joined by Chris. Hello. How are you my friend? Are you okay? I am. I've just noticed because we're on Zoom and we've got our cameras on I've just noticed in the background Thankfully, it's a pile of t-shirts and not my undercrackers or something like that. My 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 dirty underwear that I, I put on the bed behind it. It is clean t-shirts piled up behind me. Oh, really? Yeah. Are you sure they've not got some nasty stains on them? Well, I'm I'm not going to lift them up just in case. They'll, you know, lift them up and three or four <laughs> are stuck together or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, they they're not sort of like the ones that you could just like pick them up and they wouldn't. You know, that they they'd basically be stiff.
1: Yeah, you know, use them as a frisbee that kind of thing.
0: <laughs> yes. I, but you know, anyway, you, you you don't do that kind of thing any these days, do
1: you? They're far too old for stuff like that, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, how are you anyway? How's things? Yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. Been looking forward to talking to you. It's been, you know, after we went months and months last time, because I think we recorded the last show, it was sort of like the middle of January. So we're recording this right at the beginning of March. So I think it's only like about six weeks since we recorded, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I I know, because I was um, looking at my letterbox to think about what we're going to talk about. And Mm. then I realised that uh, some of the films that we talked about in the last one, uh, Thrashing and The Tender Bar, were very close to the end of January. So, you know, didn't seem that long ago. um, Because, well, it's not really that long ago, is it? Uh, But, uh, yeah, I know. and, And also just a little cross promotion for the other shows that we do. We've, uh, there's an ABCD as well, which has been recorded, which, uh, you know, it's like, well, it, it, is it a sign of the end of the world coming? You know, just these things happening? I don't know, but uh, we've got that in the can. So that's all good to go. And and then obviously we've got the Trophy Achievers shows, which we've got, we record another one of those. So, and Adam and I have got our next spotlight reflection show uh planned which i'll tell people now because
1: why not um it's starship troopers so Bloody um hell. well i've got as i sit here i've got two of your spotlight reflection shows on the desktop in front of me yes the and i might as well i must well say now the abcd of gaming will be episode four to eight you'll follow <gasps> this later this week
0: amazing and um yeah
1: so you've got the stuff and what's the other one shit what did we do go on what was it i'll test you now you did the stuff and it was about little tiny things oh critters <laughs> yes. critters yes there you go so um yeah uh, as I said to Adam
0: when we did those shows, like the Critters one in particular, because we sort of seem to have had a bit of a spell of eighties horror movies, mm. you know, and um because there were lots of them, you know, in the eighties, and so it's nice to revisit those. But now we're we're moving into the nineties for Starship Troopers, so um
1: that'll be fun. God, I haven't seen that in such a long time. Have you seen all sequels? No, no. um I, what, There are like three or four of them. Oh, you know, what? Um, off the top of my head, I can't remember how many there are at the moment. Have you seen them? I know I've seen them. I'm pretty sure I've seen them all, unless some have been made, like, in the last 10 years, which might be might have happened. But yeah. if they haven't, I've watched them all.
0: It's one of those... It's. I mean, you know, I guess for a franchise... It's like Robocop, isn't it? We, you know, relating back to Paul Verhoeven. Um, it, it's a good idea for a franchise, but then, you know, inevitably... The first one's the best, and then the rest are just mm-hmm. gradually get worse. I, w- I would imagine. I don't know because I haven't seen the Starship Troopers, but I can't imagine them much cop. I think I'm, a, I'm assuming that they're all straight to. Well, I was going to say straight to video then, but that's showing my age, isn't it? So, you know,
1: <laughs> it does seem to like DVD. One of those ideas that would be probably now be made into like a Netflix series or something. I was like going to say it'd it? be good
0: for a TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah it'll be good. Ooh. Right, talking of TV shows. Should we jump? we jump into this? I've got some TV. I have got. Some I like TV. that segue, Dave. It was I like nice, it. wasn't it? That was borderline professional.
0: It, it is, and also, I mean, it, I'm a little bit early, but it's worth mentioning now. But I will probably mention it on the next entertainment show because it'll be close to the actual anniversary, as such. But this is
1: my tenth year of podcasting. I know it's your, yours as well, isn't it? Yeah, I think your anniversary. Well, it's mine and Tom's on June the thirteenth. That's ten years. And I'm pretty sure you were two weeks before something like that. Yeah, it was
0: May uh, because Lucy was born in June. So, and it was very close. Like I said, Kay was quite heavily pregnant. So I had reservations about whether or not to do the podcast uh, in the first place because, you know, I didn't want to commit to something that I couldn't follow through with. And um, look at it now, you know, it's 10 years. It's just doing this and it's crazy but i say i don't want to go on about it too much now i'll talk about it more you know close to the anniversary because mm. it will be next, what's the next one we'll do so it'll we'll, be the
1: we'll record at the beginning of may so it'll be the march april show yeah march april that we will record at the beginning of may
0: yeah so there you go
1: so mm. um but no it's been an absolute blast and long may it
0: continue it's just been you know i don't even know where the years have gone and i can i can uh, measure it by how old Lucy is because she's ten in June. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mental. Like I said, I know I still remember when you started and I was up doing the night feeds at two, three in the morning <laughs> and listening to your show and listening to you talk about hard ticket to Hawaii. Uh as I can see the poster in the background. Mm-hmm. Um Uh, Changing a nappy. I have that memory in my head very vividly. It's so weird. Uh, Just changing my daughter's nappy, listening to you for the 80s picture host, talking about hard tickets to Hawaii, thinking I must watch this film because it sounds amazing. Um, And uh, now, like I said, my daughter's about to turn 10. It's crazy.
1: It is. Wait till we celebrate 20 years podcasting, mate, and your daughter will be 20 years old.
0: Oh, God. Well, I hope she's not a fucking duff (laughs) or (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> or a drug addict or so. <laughs> or I'm, you know uh, or whatever um I, <laughs> it's hard to think isn't it but uh it's just it's so yeah you know, the, how the time flies by it, as well as we all know as we're getting older it just seems to go faster and faster doesn't it so
1: yeah it does that old chestnut that you know like your parents or grandparents used to tell you oh it goes quicker when you get older yeah it does it really does
0: Yes. So yeah. let's enjoy the time whilst we're here and yes. talk about some TV. I, t- I threw you off your segue, but um, I'm not quite sure how or why, no.
1: But anyway, tangents Tangents have been our thing for 10 years, mate. So They have. Why and, should it end and, now? Yeah,
0: at times, piddling in bottles, and we don't do that anymore because no. we're a bit more mature. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, well, considering that was probably only five years ago, uh, uh, you know, so... Um, yeah, oh God, as I, was saying, I would have been 35 when I first went, or, you know, thir- 34, turning 35, probably. Uh, so, yeah, oh God, I'm bet I'm for- turning 46 soon. It's crazy.
1: Bloody so. hell. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you will be one year away then. Like I said, when we started podcasting, and you guys on the same coin were always calling me granddad, you'll be one year away from how old I was back then
0: oh i know it is (laughs) mental that's kind of blown my mind actually (laughs) he's just saying that but um yeah anyway anyway that bullshit i'll forget what we were talking about and that's another sign of getting old isn't it it is
1: oh yeah get used to that one mate Jeez, that's (laughs) that's why i've got everything written in front of me so i don't forget any of these
0: yeah, well, I've just pulled up a load of websites and Letterbox. It's a really good. I mean, I know we always talk about it, but Letterboxd is really good because I'd have, unless I made notes throughout the month or you know throughout the two months, I would have no idea what I'd watched. So it's uh, it's very useful for that.
1: Yeah, that's what I did before recording. Went through letterboxed and thought, right, what did I give good style ratings to? What what is worth telling everybody to watch? Yes. Uh, before we get into the movies, though tv uh since we last recorded me and tina have finished watching all of brooklyn 99 oh amazing oh and how did you get on with it absolutely loved it oh Brilliant. my mate it was it was so good i could go back to the beginning and watch them all again i really yeah. could and i'm sure that we will do at some point
0: yeah i'm really pleased you've watched it and enjoyed it it's uh because i mean no, like 20 one 22 uh, minutes an episode aren't they Mm. and there's it's such a great ensemble cast and um you know there's not a bad character in it you know they're all Mm. brilliant they're all fantastic in their own ways um and I love the way that there are running themes like you get the Halloween episodes and you get the, you know the, the the things like that that it's just it's brilliant and you know I wasn't too sure about Captain Holt uh, to begin with because mm. he's, he, but then he's such a brilliant character in his sense of humour and the way, you know, he's, uh, it's, it's, oh, I love it. And I was gussied when you told me that there's only going to be one more seri- series or season after this. But, yeah, and Captain Holt, Captain,
1: again, you know, I think I touched on it last episode talking about Superstore and the characters in that are mostly... Not very nice, and the characters in Brooklyn Nine Nine are really good, and characters you'd want to spend time with. And still, it continued. I'm not sure if I mentioned this in the last show, but still, and it's the bit. It always cracks me and Tina up. I mean, a lot does in this show. But one of our favourite bits is is when Captain Holt's pretending to be because he's a you know is is a black gay man, but occasionally he has to pretend to be straight. And just <laughs> his default line for being straight is is always talking about a woman's firm, heavy breasts. Yeah, that's all he yeah. talks about. And uh Doug Judy as well—that
0: recurring thing, you know, yeah. the, with him and Peralta and uh oh Hitchcock and Scully. It's amazing. I I love They're them. They were all was
1: so, so good.
0: Yeah, I was so pleased they got their own sort of like little intro. Uh, you know, towards the or was it the you know the middle Lincoln seasons when one of the other characters left, uh, because they are you know they're not in it as much as the others, but they're integral to the mm-hmm. to the actual uh, show. You know, they're so funny, um, but it's amazing. having, mean, because um, Diaz, who's played by Stephanie Beatriz. Um, she's become uh, more po- well-known, I guess, if you want to say, or popular or um, prominent through Encanto. And I've, because uh, with her performance in um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, she's very monotone and she, she's a yeah, very yeah. tough character. yeah. And then I've watched some interviews with her talking about Encanto. It's like, because she sometimes puts on like a girly voice, doesn't she, in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, yeah, you know? Yeah. But generally speaking, like she's very monotone, very sort of, you know, Oh my god, she sounds totally different. You know, it's just I expected her to sound just like she does in in Brooklyn Nine Nine, but um, it's so well written. It's so funny. I love the, the the title of your sex tape. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. It's it's so oh, it's awesome. I love well, it. Well, that
1: yeah. that title of your sex tape has even leaked over into our podcast WhatsApp group as well now. Anybody yeah. puts anything remotely. So, you know, anything you can make a double entendre about, and then it's just tightly your sex tape.
0: Yeah. I can't remember if it was season three, but did you notice when Amy was clearly pregnant?
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They didn't have her doing much. She was either holding a bag or she was sat at a desk or she had a big coat on. Um, but, you know, fair play to her for carrying on. But it was clearly they were trying to cover something up that, you know, she was pregnant in real life. But no, I, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. And similarly to you, I could probably just go back and, and binge watch them because
1: they're, they're great. Yeah. And I know you talked about it for many, many episodes before me and Tina finally started watching it. So I'm sure the majority of like regular listeners would have already jumped onto it from your recommendation earlier. But if, you know, if there is anybody out there that still hasn't watched it, it is well worth jumping onto. It really is. Yeah. It's so funny. Uh, I've got two more TV ones. One of them, after we finished Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so, again, we do like our 20-minute TV shows, we jumped onto, and it isn't a 20-minute TV show, it's a 40-minute one, so we always stopped halfway. We And we've completed them all. is season four of Cobra Kai, mm. which, by the end of season four... We were like, just show us the bits with Johnny in, and that's that's all we're interested in. <laughs> we're just getting so fed up. It was suffering, especially for me, from the, um, like the Expendables three, where let's bring in new people. And I was like, I'm not interested in the new people. I want to see the old farts kick some ass. And that was it with Cobra Kai. The big draw for me was seeing some of the old people from the films even though i'm not a big fan of the films because we went back just the other night and re-watched karate kid the first one i'm going to go through them all and i was no i didn't i give it two and a half on letterboxd it was all right but it didn't it didn't grab me and it's the same with this series now i just want to see johnny that's it i'd be happy if he just it was all it was all about him be and listening to stupid 80s rock music and being a dick <laughs> that would be fine with me
0: so yeah, I think no,
1: he, you finished it season four as well, have you?
0: Yes. So um, he, he is absolutely one of the best things, if not the best thing about the show. Uh, It's it's just, he kind of, although he's a bit of a loser, you know, in some ways, and you want him to win. And he's, you know, that's the thing it sets up, that he's had this hang up for over 30 years about losing to to Daniel, isn't it? And mm. so you want him to win desperately, you know, and but I just love his attitude. I love his, he's, he's so... Um, out of step with everything else in the modern world, he's like he's he's been put in a box since the '80s, and he's not grown up. And I love that about him. I love the fact that you know he still loves the same music. He's he doesn't move with technology. He's he hasn't got a clue what smartphones are or anything else. You know, and social media and Twitter and oh, uh, what was it? He said something. I think it was the last series where um, he was talking about social media and Twitter and hashtags, and he called it a hash brown. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious, but yeah, there's a bit of a uh, not spoiler, but there's a bit of a training montage in this where he, does, he goes off on his own, and it was so funny. You know, he's got the rock music playing, he's pumped up, and he's he's a bit like Rocky. He's running along the mm. beach. I mean, it's, it's Burning Heart, I think. this playing, it's, isn't it? It is.
1: It's Burning Heart, and he <laughs> so he's running along the beach. And then the bit that really cracked me up is then he runs into the sea and he starts punching the sea (laughs) 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 yeah and then he's running down the street and there's somebody on
0: an e-scooter or something and he he just picks it up and throws it all (laughs) oh it's yeah it's really good i I, yeah i agree with you i mean it's um i do do enjoy it i'm not like you i'm not a huge fan of the movies i we did go back adam Nine. we did karate kid two and Mm three uh back to back and three is not a good movie at all, but it introduces Terry Silver, who's one of the main char- characters in this that joins Chris, uh, with Cobra Kai, and um, he's just batshit crazy in three. I mean, he, he's just terrible. He's he's really bad, but it's kind of one of those where he's really bad. It's it's you know it's good. Um, so it's it's fun that they are bringing these characters back. I l- I'm, again, Adam and I had reservations with uh see series three of cobra kai it's like how can you carry this on now like, mm-hmm. where are they going to go with it because you know uh johnny and and daniel are sort of like you know work and that's well it's one of the early things i love about it is that uh you know is the will they won't they almost kind of get you know work their mm-hmm. things out and so i like that um i love that it does introduce you know former characters i think i don't know if series three was one of my favorites because they, they, he explored going back to okinawa um and that was fun um so yeah it's it, it's not been the strongest season for me but still enjoyable still has its moments
1: mm. um but yeah johnny is the best thing about it 100 so we finished out we want another 20 minute program now, I'm only, and you know me, mate, normally I wait until we've watched them all before, you know, I'll talk about it, but we're three episodes into this, and it is 20 minutes each episode. There's three series. I'm not sure if they're going to make series four or anything, uh, but I'll bring it up now because the first three episodes have been, they've been really good. We've laughed quite a bit at them, and it's called Miracle Workers, and it's quite old. I think it started in 2019. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe, um, Steve Bashemi as God, as a really bedraggled God wearing sweatpants and long hair. And he doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> so season one is, um, so Steve Buscemi's God, Daniel Radcliffe works in the department of answering prayers. And he's quite meek and it's just him in there. And he, he just answers all the real, the prayers that are like, I've lost my glove. And things like that not the really big stuff he's too scared to do all of that and anyway this bet happens uh where uh daniel ratcliffe's character ezekiel and the character um alexandra they have to get this couple on earth together and they've got i think it's two weeks to get the couple together um or else the earth's going to explode so it's it's set between what's happening on earth and what's happening in heaven and how the people in heaven affect the people in, on earth so you've got the you've got the section that answers prayers you've got the genitalia section so this things like at one point there's um, is it bill oh is it Bill Mayer, the American comedian yeah yeah uh, at one point um, I won't explain why but the genitalia uh, section are tasked with making his penis explode. <laughs> <laughs> so they do all things like that um, it's really it's really funny from the first three episodes but I've read before we started recording it's it's like an anthology series, so season two has the same actors but playing different characters and it's set in medieval times and season three is like, um, it's a parody of the old west, so I don't oh. know how that's going to work But up to now, season one's really good. That is our 20-minute program at the moment, is Miracle Workers. That sounds good. Mm. Um, I'll check that out because we're on the hunt
0: for like a new sort of 20-minute show that we can watch because we did Superstore and then we're just um, bouncing around. We did Cobra Kai and uh, we did another show, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, So we are looking for something that's going to keep our attention. We can just stick on. We can watch a couple of episodes Mm. and it'll entertain us, you know, and it's not too... Violent for Kay's benefit, and it's not too down and
1: deep. Mm. Um, yeah, this is silly, well, very silly.
0: Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, I'll, good.
1: I'll have to check that one out. Mm. Yeah, that's my TV stuff, mate. Well,
0: I've got a TV show. I don't. The thing is, I mean, I guess it is a TV show because it's you know it's not a movie, but um, the quality of the I've said this before. The quality of the, all these TV shows that are on Amazon and Netflix. They don't necessarily always feel like TV shows, you mm-hmm. know, because there's obviously had a lot of money spent on them and they just look amazing. They look really good. Um, but it's it recently came out on uh, Amazon Prime uh, at the beginning of February, I believe, and it's uh, Reacher. Oh, okay. are, are you, have you heard about this? Are you interested in it at all?
1: All I've seen is pictures of the guy who plays Jack Reacher, which Tom Cruise played in the movies. Yeah. And this guy he does look like Tom Cruise could fit in him like half a dozen times. <laughs> he does look really big. Yeah. That's all I know about it really.
0: Yeah, he's a big dude. He's um and so and I so to start at the beginning. I quite like the first Jack Reacher movie with Tom Cruise. I thought it was a decent thriller. I thought Tom Cruise did a good job in it. Um and I remember reading or hearing at the time that there was some controversy of based on, you know, fans and the size of him just because Tom Cruise isn't a big guy. Is he really? No, he's, no. Uh, he's quite short and small. Yeah. Whereas in the book, the character is big, he's muscular, he's intimidating, you know, and he's, he's just one of those people that to look at him, you wouldn't pick a fight with him. That's kind of mm. how he's, he's summed up and described. So but to look at Tom Cruise, you, that, it's not something that you would you would think. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, I enjoyed it because um, I haven't read the books. Um, then the second one, um, Never Go Back, I think it was. I thought that was a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. I didn't really like that particularly. Mm. So then they commissioned a TV show for Amazon. Um, it's eight episodes, I believe. They're about 45 to 50 minutes a, an episode. So they're not, um, you know, really, really long or anything like that. And the guy who plays Reacher, uh, Alan Richson, I, I must admit, I've not seen him in anything else, but he, uh, he's he got to be about 6'5", and he's muscular, and he's big. And so it's like now I've seen him, I can't unsee him as this yeah, character. Yeah. You know what I mean? I couldn't go back and watch the Tom Cruise mo- movie necessarily because <clears throat> now I understand what the fans were talking about because, it, it, you know, there are moments and scenes in the movie where – sorry the movie in the in the tv show where he just intimidates people by looking at them you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. because of his sheer size um it's based on the uh book the killing floor uh which again i haven't read but i have downloaded the audiobook i got it from audible uh so looking forward to to checking that out and listening to it um and it's really good it's the story's good it's intriguing um the dialogue is good. Um, you know, the thing about Reacher is that he's just, he, he was an, uh, army investigator and, uh, you know, he's, he's got a very strong moral code and he's, he, he's done all of that. And now he just, he has, well, he has no real possessions. He has nothing. He just travels across America and he just, you know, uh, stops where he wants to and inevitably ends up getting into, uh, situations. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's really good. It's very violent. I must admit, it was because, um, you know, like I said, there's quite a lot of action uh, in it. And it's just, it, you know, it's a lot of hand to hand stuff, dirty fighting, eyes being poked out, you know, uh, things like that. It's pretty full on. Um, but no, it's really good. Uh, I, we watched it in about a week, you know, give or take. We'd sometimes we'd watch a couple of episodes a night. Sometimes we'd just watch one depending on how we felt and what we were doing. So, but it, uh, it's been commissioned for another season, which is great news. Oh, okay. um, reminded me a little bit of Bosch, not necessarily in terms of the tone, but that was again, based on a uh, book by Michael Connolly. And that was an Amazon prime production. And you can tell that it's had the same sort of treatment done to it. You know, but they've given, they've given it the right budget um they've you know crafted it they've got the right people in to make the the thing they've got the right actors in place to to actually you know bring the book to life so um no it's really good i i recommend it it's it's ass kicking it's got a good story and it's well made so yeah
1: i'll have to put that onto the list because our tv watching is well watch the 20 minute program like early evening usually while we're having something to eat. And then like it's movie time. Every every night is movie night. And then depending on how long the, the movie is, it could be, oh, we've got time to fit another one in. Or if you get to that I mean, whatever time, depending if there's work tomorrow or not, you think, oh, there's not quite time to slot another movie in. So we've usually also got like that one-hour TV programme on the go constantly. So, yeah, add it to that, I think, for, you know, once, oh, can't quite fit a movie in. Let's watch an episode of Reacher.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: I highly recommend it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Is that, is that our TV done? That's my TV. Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm thinking I'm missing something, but I can't think what it is. So, um, yes, I've just got a few films now.
1: Well, unfortunately, and I'm sorry to disappoint everybody, uh, and I know I normally do have this, but I have got no documentaries. <gasps> Bloody hell! Is that a first? I don't think it's a first. It might. It might be a second in the years that we've been doing the entertainment show. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez! I know. I will have to rectify that next episode. But yeah. What happened? What's what? Well, just... I've watched, I have watched some documentaries, and to be fair, I have watched. I've watched a few. that I think one in particular was a four-star one on Letterboxd. but they were about American football. They're quite niche. And if if you're not really into American football, you probably won't enjoy them. So I yeah. thought, no, it's a bit too niche. That me rattling on about an amazing documentary that's about. Oh, I'm trying to think, there was one about John Elway and Dan Marino, and probably most We've of people- heard of Dan Marino. Oh, there Is he, he
0: he was in um, Ace Ventura.
1: Yeah, so there's there's that. I've watched quite a few really good American football related documentaries, but when it comes to anything other than that, other subjects. They've been a bit cack, really, and not worth <laughs> not worth recommending to anybody. But thankfully, movie wise, I've got some movies. I've got three, four, five, six, seven. Well, seven and a half because one sort of a double one uh, that are worth mentioning. I'll start with a couple. I'm going to start with two that got Michael Keaton in mate. Uh, the first one is uh, The Protégé, which is, if I remember rightly, it's a Netflix film. It's from 2021. Uh, it's got Michael Keaton in it. It's got Maggie Q. It's got Sam Jackson. You know, it's a really good cast that's in it, and it's quite, it's quite, you know, your usual Netflix film narrative to it, uh, because Maggie Q she plays Anna, and you see her early life, and she's a little girl, and um, her parents get killed, and she's she's saved by this guy called, um, oh Moody, who's Sam Jackson's character. She grows up, and they both do after revenge, obviously for who killed Anna's parents. But they go off and killing all these bad guys, that like assassins for hire and everything. But the underlying the the, the narrative flow through it all is that Anna wants revenge on the people that killed parents. And I'm not going to say whether she gets it or not. Obviously, uh, but for a Netflix film where normally. You get you know, you know exactly what's gonna happen from the first five minutes. You know who's gonna live, you know who's gonna die, you know, oh, is she gonna get revenge, this, that, and the other. I found it really enjoyable. I thought the action was really good. And I think that's down a lot to it was directed by Martin Campbell, mm. who we know from what is it, Golden Eye and um, it Casino Royale, did, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, there's this action pedigree behind the camera to begin with. And I think that made a really big difference. And, you know, everything's shot really well. It looks nice. The action she- action scenes are not that shaky cam bollocks that's edited with, you know, one shot every half a second. and You've got no idea what's going on with the fighting. At least this, you can see what's happening. And I actually cared for the characters, which in, in especially in an American Netflix film, most of the times so I couldn't give a shit what happens to them because they're usually either like really saccharine or just, like I said, so predictable. We found that... Um, the foreign made netflix films are usually our favorites and go off in directions where you think holy fuck i wasn't expecting that but this and i think as well because i went into it oh it's you know it's american it's netflix it's gonna be it is r-rated and there is some good good violence in it some good fighting in it and yeah i would recommend if if you wanted, if you're in the mood for not quite a no-brainer action film, but you wanted, you know, oh yeah, let's see a bit of fighting, a bit of shooting and something going on. You can't go too far wrong with a Protégé.
0: That's good. He mm. um, did we uh, another film that we talked about some time ago, uh, The Foreigner with Jackie Chan.
1: Yes, of course, yeah. Uh,
0: so he directed that as well, yeah. Was, well, so I was having a quick look at the cast and the, uh, the director because I didn't know who directed it. And when I saw Martin Campbell, my interest was immediately piqued because mm. like, he's made some interesting films. Uh, so, oh, I'll check that out. That sounds good. Yeah. And uh, The cast is good. I love Michael Keaton. I think he's... Oh,
1: yeah. He's great. Well, if you love Michael Keaton, another one, then it's um, called Worth from 2020. Um, and again, you know Michael Keaton. Stanley Tucci is in it. He's awesome. Again, he's, he's good. He's yeah. another one that it's worth watching because he's in it. And this is really good because I've been since it happened. I remember sat watching when 9-11 happened. And I've become oh, ever since a bit obsessed with it and watching documentaries about it and all sort of reading about it. And I don't know what it is about it, but I've got a little bit of an obsession about 9-11 uh, and this is um, Michael Keaton he plays uh, he plays a Washington uh, attorney called um, Ken Feinberg and he's he's tasked with because obviously you know it's horrendous so many people died trapped in the towers the towers collapsed you know loads and loads of people died so then it's the payout afterwards you know the payout to the families and then the title worth well how much is human life worth mm. and is one human life worth more than another one so you've got well why should the cleaner who you know earns whatever $1000 a month have the the family of them have the same payout from one of the CEOs of the big business that earns you know thousands and thousands more why should they that's not fair that's not fair that they get the same and it's him and his team trying to piece everything together and make sense of, well, how the hell do we sort this out? And then they're on the clock, they've only got until this certain date to get it all sorted. And it does get really tense, considering it's just about trying to sort money out. But there is, thankfully, because it's a bloody good cast, you really do get invested in the characters and you care. And it's it's all done in good taste. Um and you f- you feel so, so much empathy for for ev- every family that, c- that gets brought into the story, and they're pleading the case, and some are being told, well, you're not going to get much, and but they are, and it's it's like really tugs at the heartstrings, but not in that sugary saccharine bleh, kind of way. Yeah, yeah, it it never gets like really schmaltzy or anything. It's it's just really tense, and you've no idea. <laughs> How does how does it end? How are they going to sort all of this out? And it gets really tense. And it caught Michael Keaton's fucking amazing in it. So that's that's a good one. If you want just to be on the edge of your seat and just watch good actors in a good story.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that sounds good. Sounds awesome. Mm-hmm.
1: D- you just talking about directors that we
0: we enjoy and we we think, you know, we've said this before, they deserve to be making bigger budget movies. Um, I watched uh, Con Air, which I hadn't seen for bloody years, uh, directed by Simon West, who you've interviewed. um, Mm -hmm. And um, I I wasn't sure whether I'd still enjoy it because, I mean, it's from 97, you know, and it was around that time of when Nick Cage was making, you know, The Rock, Con Air, Face Off, um, he sort of had that, he became like a leading man blockbuster, yeah. You know, yeah, he'd done leaving Las Vegas, you know, he won an Oscar for it, and then he went off and made Michael Bay movies and you know, these ridiculous action films. And so, I had a bit of a reservation as to, you know, will I still enjoy it? And it is such a good film, it's such a, a, an enjoyable movie, just daft but really good <laughs> i mean it all it looks as if everyone who made it had a good time john malkovich is just brilliant um john kuzak as well it's fun with the role it's you know and nick cage is just it's that line isn't it you know put the bunny back in the box yeah. and uh it's just a fun movie um and, and you know i'm really glad i watched it after all those years and i'd like to go back and watch some movies other movies from that era i've always enjoyed face off and um, the rock i must admit i watched that a few years ago and it, it's kind of you can tell looking at it because i saw that cinema thinking it was amazing and then you watch it again and it's like the camera never sits still for longer than a second and mm-hmm. it's like that typical michael bay thing you know it's just you never get a chance to question what's going on but you know it's a good movie um so, but yeah, he's just—he seemed to make like blockbuster after blockbuster, didn't he, for a few years, oh, he did. and then he really went went down a, a weird rabbit hole of making director video movies, and yeah, and then just becoming a bit of a cult hero, making weird movies uh, like Maggie and Pig, and you know what was that one where it was a bit like Five Nights at Freddy's, where he's in a oh
1: yeah, where he doesn't he doesn't have a line of dialogue in it at all,
0: it, yeah, and it's like these. Uh, um, puppets that come to life or whatever it's just and now he's making that other one which i watched the trailer for i think it was on the cinema um i can't remember what it's called but he's basically he's playing himself
1: yeah yeah. it's
0: (laughs) it's mental it looks crazy
1: you know he does Um, he just does whatever script if he fancies the script i think he just does it no matter what the budget or who the director is or anything he just go oh fancy that and jumps into it yeah which is good for him yeah i love connor i haven't seen it in ages i do remember obviously the first time i watched it was on video way back when and then i'm not sure how long after because like a lot of videos over here in the uk thanks to the bbfc it was cut it's cut, yeah and i remember and i never knew it was cut and i forget exactly how it came it must have been like through you know with the internet i thought Oh my god! There's like an uncut version, I and mean, then remember watching the uncut version and thinking this is even more awesome. But I cannot, for the life of me, bring to mind what is extra in the uncut version. I'm going to have to watch it again.
0: Yeah, I can't. I must admit, that there's nothing really that stands out. I think there's maybe a bit with um, oh, what's his name, Machete, Danny Trejo, because mm-hmm. um, uh, he, he, you know, he's uh, attempts to rape a guard. I think there may be that in there and then uh in terms of violence i can't yeah maybe when he gets beaten up a bit but it's weird isn't it because the rock had bits cut out of it and, and yeah, it seems yeah. to be at the, you know that period of the 90s I mean, even um of the movies i mentioned face off there's a bit where he's got like a switchblade knife because switchblade knives were you know uh weren't cool at the time you know yeah. they became the nunchucks of the day weren't they because yeah. you're not allowed to show people having fun with them or spinning them around mm-hmm. or doing whatever um But yeah, I remember, because I have not got the internet at home, uh, but I remember when The Matrix came out on DVD, and I bought the Region 2 version, and it got bits cut out of it, and it pissed me off that much. I remember going to um, a library, and joining a library, just so I could use the internet, just to see (laughs) what movies hadn't got. Uh, had bits cut out of them and and what bits were cut out of them. And then that led on to then going to um, computer fairs that had import DVD sellers, you know, and you'd buy the imported region one. And that led down obviously a rabbit hole of buying uh, DVD players that could play region one films. You know, because uh, they were usually uncut. It's weird, isn't it? Thinking uh, because obviously we had the whole video nasty thing in the 80s, which, you know, was just crazy as well but um you know in the sort of like mid mid to late 90s how much stuff still had stuff cut out of it you know which now
1: you you don't even
0: think about stuff like that anymore do you really
1: stuff stuff that was cut out of let's stick with action films stuff that was cut out of action films here in the 90s is stuff that now you're getting a 15 yeah you know, it, it doesn't even warrant an 18 anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and,
0: and that seems to have shifted. The goalposts have shifted a bit. Like, you know, for for a movie to be an 18 nowadays has to generally be quite violent, mm. doesn't it, in full on? Um, so, and 15 is, I mean, like, um, going back to it, we uh, the Critters show. So that was a 15 when I was a kid. And now, I don't know if it was a PG, even. You know, it's it's something that maybe I was debating whether or not to show it to Lucy because she's watched Gremlins. Yeah, I think that was a fifteen when that came out as well. And that's probably a twelve now, or a or a, a, that wouldn't be a PG. But you know, so it's funny, isn't it? How, how times move on. You know, and daft things like that. You know, like the switchblade knives and
1: yeah, it was the ear claps as well. That all that oh seems to get. Yeah. You You've know, Tango the, the TV ad—that was the one with the oh, Tango yeah. drink and clapping. You know, either side of the head in the ears. That I mean, that was banned, wasn't it?
0: Yes, it's funny, isn't it? Think, looking back. So,
1: <laughs> well, talking about Conair is a really good segue, mate, because I'll talk about one more before handing it over to you. Because I've got one. Because of course, you know, go back and rewatch some films. And then there was one film. I thought, oh my god, I haven't seen this in such a long time. And I think it must have been on Netflix or Amazon. So he popped it on. Tina had never seen it. So that's always nice, you know, when you watch it with somebody who's never seen it before. 1996. See if you can guess what the movie is, mate. I'm going to tell you. Kurt Russell. Uh, oh, uh, the one where his wife's kidnapped. No, not Breakdown.
0: Oh, of, Breakdown. Al- I can't remember the name.
1: That is a good film, though. Uh, okay. Halle Berry. I'll give you another one. John, uh. John Lego. I always struggle with his name. John Leguizamo. Oh. Executive Decision. Yes. Executive yes. Decision. <laughs> I hadn't seen it Isn't it, it ages. funny that
0: I got it with through um, John Leguizamo? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Halle Berry's like flight attendant, isn't it? I she's the remember. flight attendant
1: in it. And of course, yeah. the next name I was going to say is Steven Seagal. Um, oh, yes. Which, spoiler alert for anybody that hasn't seen this film that's, what, 26 years old now, Uh Steven Seagal dies which shocked Tina. She was expecting him to be in it all the way through. Mm-hmm. So when he got like sucked out of that plane, and went screaming off into the uh, into the ether. She was like, "Oh, hello. Wasn't expecting that. It is it's so it's so 90s. It is such a 90s action film. Terrorists seize control of an airliner and they're going to it's it's got like this bio weapon in it and they're going to crash it into I think it's Washington, or it could be New York. Actually, I forget which city. It's into a major city in America, anyway. And it's uh, it's it's left to because Steven Seagal is the head of you know this special like SWAT like team. They're going to board the plane because they get onto this like stealth aircraft and they're going to go underneath it, and the 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 main plane won't notice, and they're all going to board and they'll take over these hijackers. But Kurt Russell gets <laughs> embroiled into it all. He's like the one of the techie guys and he ends up on the plane with them through circumstances that I won't tell anybody just in case you haven't watched it. And then it's sort of cat and mouse, the plane cat and mouse trying to capture the terrorists without being noticed. And like you said, Halle Berry is the um, one of the flight attendants that discovers them and sort of helps them as uh, surreptitiously as she can. Uh, and it is, it's one of those you just watch it. I mean, I watched it with a big smile on my face all the way, all the way through Uh I enjoyed it more than Tina did. I think Tina quite enjoyed it. Definitely not as much as I did. It's silly. Silly action. You take all of it with a grain of salt. But it is it is for me it's typically one of those if you want to talk about nineties action films. I always bring up executive decision because it's just it's just so daft. It's just so yeah. daft and there's not there's not really lots of action. There's little pockets of where the action takes place. There's a lot of sneaking around the bowels of a plane. There is a lot of that. But some of the dialogue is ridiculous. And I mean, it's Kurt Russell for me. I could watch Kurt Russell in anything and always been like that. He just elevates anything that he's in and just him on screen is enough to make me go, yeah, I'll, I'll watch that. But I'm presuming, surely everybody that's listening to this has watched Executive Decision. I'd be surprised if they haven't knowing you know the, the demographic of our shows but hey i might be surprised if you haven't let us know and then watch it and let us know what you think but when was the last time that you watched it mate oh I, I remember watching it quite a lot when it came out for similar reasons what
0: you've just said because it has got kurt russell in it and hmm. um sylvester uh, sylvester uh, steven seagal even you know briefly and i think that was the thing wasn't it you know because it, it was like that was he He was a fairly big action star at the time. It's yeah, like, yeah. well, you know, if he's in it, then you expect him to uh, save the day. And, you know, he gets killed relatively quickly. And so he's like, oh, shit. And so that's really good, actually. And, and fair play to Seagal, because I've heard he's got a bit of an ego, mm. you know, which a lot of actors to have. But um, fair play for him to agreeing to do that, because that helped to create tension, didn't it? Because it was like, if he can die, well, anybody can yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and yet like, you are right. There's a lot of sneaking around, a lot more uh, sneaking around than there is action, really. And it's got David Suchet as the main terrorist, doesn't it? it does, Which, yeah. you I know, only ever watched him in Poirot. So <laughs> seeing him then, is he like a Middle Eastern? He is, yeah. Yeah, which, is, was, again, was a bit odd because that was a thing, wasn't it, back in the day? Uh, you know, all the terrorists had to be Middle Eastern or uh, European. Yeah. Because you know, <laughs> it had to be a European bad guy. Um, I was just thinking, you know, it, it is funny, isn't it, looking back and thinking about, there were some good action movies in the 90s, weren't there, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, I was just thinking back to sort of that era in, like, you know, um, Air Force One was another one because you're thinking mm-hmm. about planes and whatever. That was from 97. Yeah. Um, yeah there's some good action movies in the 90s which makes me want to watch them because i know that we we have got a real soft spot particularly yourself for the 80s because obviously you did an 80s podcast you know, otherwise you you know you, um you wouldn't have done that but
1: just look at thinking about it now there's just some good action movies in the 90s oh yeah i mean i always go on about pm entertainment which are you know low budget but for low budget 90s action you cannot beat pm entertainment some of their films are just outrageous. And um, the stunts that they do is, and I've said before, you because know, we've mentioned them on the Decade of Decadent shows, I swear some stuntmen got killed in some of the films. <laughs> some <laughs> of the stuff they do is just absolutely crazy. It really is. If anybody isn't aware of PM Entertainment, please just go and have a look online. Uh, on my letterbox, I've got... um you know, you can have lists, and I've got the list of all the PM Entertainments, and I think there's a hundred, off the top of my head, I'll say 140. And I think I own, thanks to Tina buying me a box full of them one Christmas one year, I think I've got like about 120 something of them on disc. And not all of them are action films, there's some like weird, I think there's like Magic Kid and Magic Kid 2, and a few ones like that. But the majority of them are really with like Wings, Hauser in, and oh, you know,
0: classic, yeah, and
1: oh, actors like that. There's some really cracking action films. Billy the Blanks budget. and Billy Blanks, yeah, oh my god, Don the Dragon Wilson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, now we're talking. So yeah, if you're not again, if you're not familiar with PM Entertainment, just go online and have a look. Um, and if you want, if you want any specific standout ones to begin with. Um, send us a tweet or an email and i'll let you know i'll give you some good ones to start with i'll leave i'll, I'll leave it at that and, and tease you just in case because there is gary Busey. oh my god there's some great gary Busey oh, ones gary Busey. <laughs> uh yeah go on then mate i'll hand it over to you
0: right uh so where should we start um quite a few cinema trips over the last uh, month or so hmm. um wh- where shall i start with this so scream I, I think we mentioned this last time we did uh our show because we, we, i was going through the the scream movies yeah um yeah we and, did the same yeah so i think we got, I got up to scream four because we were watching them in, in preparation for the new one because i know i was going to go and watch that with my friend wayne who's uh who's no part of the team for the T- trophy achievers podcast but hmm. uh he he it was uh He's a big fan of them. Me, not so much. And I hadn't seen three or four. Well, no, I had seen three, but a very long time ago. I couldn't remember a lot about it. Um, I hadn't seen four. So um the new one, I think you've seen it since as well, haven't yes, you? Yes, yeah. Um it's it's so it, it reintroduces the characters from the original movies and a new cast of characters. And it it essentially it does it doesn't do anything different to the formula set by the other uh, movies um, you know you've got a killer Ghostface, face and uh, he's killing people and you know it's like the whole f- thing with the film is trying to figure out who the killer is and why they're doing it um, I enjoyed it, I th- it was actually a lot better than I expected it to be it was, uh, there was some good kills, it's fairly gory in places uh, a lot gorier than the other movies in the series um, but it, no, it was good. it was it was fun. Um, I enjoyed it.
1: Did, did, what did you think? I enjoyed it too. and I wasn't expecting to. It was one of those that went in oh okay and you've got to watch it because you've seen the previous ones. but yeah, I, I liked what they did with it because there's been what about a 10 year gap between this and the previous one. and I liked how they introduced new characters. They kept older characters. I like what they did with modernizing it, even at the beginning where, you know, you've got an app for the locks on the house and all of this, and now that can be worked yeah. around. Thought that was good. Thought there's some yeah, there's some decent kills in it. They were keeping the you know, the self-referential stuff that Scream's known for. But it was getting really meta. It was like referencing the previous film and the film within a film called Stab. And it just went back into so many layers. You were trying to figure, okay, what are they referencing now? But it was all done very tongue-in-cheek with it. And, yeah, I I did. I liked it. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it, really. Yeah. Yeah. I think they they did a good job. I don't want them to do another one. I think they've gone about as far as they can, surely, by now
0: you'd think so particularly based on what happens in the film um but yeah no i I agree it's the whole thing with the start the 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 original scream was you know it was kind of a a riff on horror movies wasn't it you know you don't follow if you don't follow these rules then you're gonna die you know and so they've updated that for more modern audiences as well which i quite like so no it was it was Mm. good fun i enjoyed it i Um, liked
1: i liked how they even they even referenced that because the film within a film, the Stab franchise, there's a new one being made and it's called Stab instead of being called like Stab 8. Because, of course, this isn't called Scream 5. It's just called Scream, which is a, that's a thing now, isn't it? you going back, like one yeah. that we're going to talk about in the Double Tip and some others, It's they've just gone back to the original title and forgotten about putting a number or or anything yeah. else on the end of it. So that the fact that they even referenced that, I thought, was pretty good. You know, at least they were aware of all shit like that.
0: Yeah, or just taking off the yeah. <laughs> from the title
1: <laughs> yeah. in a lot of
0: ways. Just you know, just it's it's a, it's the same film, but it's it's different, I hmm. guess. <laughs> um, but you know, um, so no, I enjoyed that. Um, oh, Moonfall, fucking hell! <laughs> I don't know where I. It's oh. mental. It's just it's crap. It really is. It's but it's it's. I'm I'm guessing people have seen the. I mean, the trailer for this or the advert. I, I, you know, we watched it in IMAX. It, Kay, I took Kay because she likes space movies. She likes disaster movies. It's Roland em- Emmerich, who's the master of making movies like that. Um It's really stupid. Uh, it's. I, I think Mark Kermode really enjoyed it because it's stupid. Um, You know, acknowledged that it was crap, but at the same time, I had
1: a blast with it. It's...
0: Yeah, it's 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 daft really. Have you got an interest in this? I don't know. Hey, there...
1: I I am salivating for it. I love Roland Emmerich films and if he's if he's going like full tilt stupid on it, I I'm just gonna eat it up. The stupider the better for me. I, I can't wait. But it's one of those, I'm thinking, this can't disappoint me because everybody's saying it's just ridiculous. This this fucking stupid stuff happening constantly. And I for me, it's like, yes, oh, this sounds so good. So I'm hoping I don't watch it. And then it disappoints me because that's the thing. My expectations for it are like a through the roof. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So, yeah, I will. Obviously, I'll let you know when I've watched yeah. it. But, Definitely. Yeah, I, I do want stupidity and things that don't make sense. And like, I think it was in the last, I'm pretty sure it was in the last, um, it's in the February Decade of Decadence show. And we were talking about a film called, I think it was called Racing with the Moon with Nick Cage in it, surprisingly, and Sean Penn. And we just sort of go off on a tangent about how it ends and it suddenly turns into a Roland Emmerich film and the moon falls on top of the train, and they really are racing with the moon. (laughs) And it's like, I hope shit like that happens in this. I hope this really bonkers stuff yeah. that just like fucks with your mind and the, <laughs> it. so yeah
0: it is bonkers it is is it, looking right back at it but yeah um so yeah i hopefully you'll enjoy that then <clears throat> it's funny because like we've just talked when well, you mentioned steve buscemi earlier on and obviously we talked about conair and halle berry's in um moonfall as well so yeah, it's funny how it all links together isn't it, is, it? Isn't it? Yeah. but um <laughs> so another cinema trip and then i'll pass it back over to you um so uncharted
1: um
0: Ooh, okay
1: Have you got any interest in this one at all? I have got an interest because it's kind of strange, really, because I've played all of the Uncharted games. Yeah. But the only reason... And I've completed them all as well. But the only reason that I've completed them is because I loved the story. I, I hated the gameplay in them. There was just something that never clicked with me about the Uncharted games. That I I didn't enjoy the experience of playing them, but I didn't want to stop the game because I was invested in the story and wanted to know how the story played out. So when this was announced, I thought, oh, yeah, I do not want to see Uncharted. It's a good story. But then when they announced the casting, oh, what? He's a bit young and not who I would have picked. That's my big thing with it, with not having seen it yet, of course, is the casting and being familiar with the characters and the stories. Which you are, of course. Did that? Did that sway you? Did that have any effect on your viewing experience? That because you knew these characters, you knew the stories from within the video game world.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, stars Tom Holland as uh, Nathan Drake, and it incorporates elements of Uncharted Three. And Uncharted Four. Mm. Um, in fact, it takes some of the action sequences directly from Uncharted Three. Um, people who've played that game, particularly, will know about the plane uh, and you know the crates and everything. And may have seen it in the trailer, mm. but uh, you know. So, and it's got Mark Wahlberg as Sully. And so in the games, uh, like you said. Uh, Nathan Drake is a is a bit of an older character. He's probably in his 30s, uh, maybe a little, mid-30s, I'd say. <clears throat> and Sully's probably in his 50s. He's a, he's a bit of an older gentleman. You know, he's got a moustache and he just, you know, he's got kind of thinning grey hair. And he's more, he's like a father figure. So Tom Holland, I think he's about 28, I think he is. And Mark Wahlberg's in his mid-40s. So it, it is it's a bit of a prequel or it's a bit of an introduction to the characters, you know, kind of before he became this explorer and this treasure hunter and whatever and how they met. And one thing I did enjoy about it was um, that, you know, there's some nice, um, rapport between the two characters you know and they do bounce off each other quite nicely which which was good um some decent action scenes in it it's got characters from the game that will be familiar to you chloe uh pops up um and then there's there's again scenes that seem to be taken directly from uncharted 4 uh when it's actually should we say young nathan drake because even though tom holland is 28 he still looks quite young doesn't he you oh, know yeah. what I mean? yeah well he's Peter Parker so he's a teenager you know in he, he still looks quite young um so i didn't really have a problem with that i took lucy to watch it and um you know i think she cuz it's a 12 if i'm right so or a 12a so you know um and she's at that age now where she's you know she's nearly 10 and so she's she understands a few swear words she doesn't say them yeah. um but she understands them and whenever there's a like a shit or whatever um, she'll just look at me and go, Oh, I kind of, You know what I mean? It's like, that was a naughty word. Yeah. And I know it's a naughty word. And so, and all we say is just don't say it in front of you, your sister, cause she's five, <laughs> um, you know, and don't say it in to one of your teachers or somebody or somebody else, you know? Yeah. So she enjoyed it for that. And, and I think she, well, she enjoyed the action as well. She doesn't really know the characters. She doesn't know the games. She's never played them. Um, but it's i mean i've I've seen it criticized of having loads of green screen and stuff like that i didn't really notice that too much again we watched it on an imax screening so it's quite a big screen you'd think that that the lot the cg stuff would just stand out particularly on a big screen but um no i mean don't get me wrong like it's not going to set the world alight it's not amazing it's not maybe because i went into it with fairly low expectations i enjoyed it more than uh, you know if i'd have gone into it thinking oh this is gonna be really good or whatever but video game movies adaptions have generally been crap they've for a yeah. long time they've been rubbish um but with the most recent mortal kombat uh movie as well which i quite enjoyed again not going to set the world alight but it was decent and they they obviously paid attention to the source material and knew how it works and didn't change too much um i enjoyed it and you know i wouldn't mind Watching a sequel. Um, no, I thought I, th- I quite enjoyed it. And so um, Antonio, Antonio Banderas pops up as well. Um, but it's got, like I said, it's got things that, you know, you would expect from which feature in the game that uh, that happen in the movie. So it's, no, I quite liked it. So, yeah, it's it, like I said, it's a dumb action film. Don't mm. just don't expect it to do anything amazing, you know.
1: I'll definitely watch it. Yeah, I will yeah. definitely watch it. And again, maybe it's, it'll be a case of one of those that I'll enjoy more because my expectations are pretty low. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, if you, do you? Shall I pass it back to you? I've probably got a couple more.
1: I've got uh, one, two, three, four. Four left. Okay, go on then. All right, I'll do. Right, let's go to. I'll talk about a couple. It's the same film, more or less. Well, it's the same story. It's not the same film but I'm going to talk about two films that have the same story. So I'll start with the 2021 20, version of Nightmare Alley, directed by Guillermo del Toro, um, Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Willem Dafoe, again, awesome cast, Ron Perlman, Rooney Mara, I could go on. And it's the story of um, Bradley Cooper plays Stanton Carlyle, and he's, uh, well, he, he joined, he's wandering around and he joins the carnival, and gets in he's 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 a bit of a con man really and he joins the carnival and he he sort of makes has a bit of a relationship with um Kate blanchett who's who's lilith um no sorry that's later on with tony collette as Zena, the seer at the carnival and through a series of events he leaves the carnival uh and forms his own act, which is very successful as a mind reader. Then he gets in with this doctor and I try not to give too much away because I know this is a new film. Uh, he, he gets in, he gets the act, very successful, but he can't help himself. He gets too greedy and he gets greedier and greedier and greedier. And he tries to con people, the con man in him. He can't suppress the con man in him. So he goes and he is making this the big bucks from this guy who wants to see... Uh, somebody I won't say who who has died and so they concoct this story to oh and what we'll do is we'll we'll con him that he thinks he's seen this dead person and we're going to make an absolute fortune from him and it all goes wrong and then Stanton's life spirals out of control and he ends up back in the carnival but under very different circumstances shall we say his, his life does come full circle and it's his story. Now, we enjoyed it. We did enjoy it. And, you know, great actors, amazing director, of course. Anything that um, Del Toro directs, we have to watch anyway. Visually stunning. The trouble was that a few weeks earlier, we'd watched the 1947 version of it. Mm. Which has Tyrone Power, uh, among other actors, of course. Now, Ty- Tyrone Power's version of Stanton Carlisle. Far exceeds for us at least Bradley Cooper's version. Now I know you you're restricted by the way that they want to tell the story and the script and so on, but Stanton Carlyle in the original version is a lot more nuanced. He has a lot more emotions. He goes through more. We found that Bradley Cooper's Stanton, well, not being one note, was was didn't have as much about him as Tyrone Powers' version of it. And because we'd watched that and been blown away by the original version, when it comes to watching the this, you know, this new version, I won't call it a remake, even though you know it is, it, it didn't hit us emotionally as much. All the same beats are the same. There's a little bit, and as well in the original version, there's a key point in the original version of what sort of tips Stanton. There's, there's an event that happens in the carnival that leads to somebody's death. And the way that it's put together in the 47 version is really good. Whereas the way that it happens in the new version was just, yeah, okay, didn't didn't click with us at all. There was just little beats that didn't hit us hard, but all these little beats that didn't hit us hard. It's like the Chinese water torture thing, isn't it? It's drip, drip, drip. But after a while, each drip gets progressively more painful and annoying. Mm. So every beat that came up and it was like, oh, it was better in the original version, which did piss, piss us off a little bit. I'm guessing that the majority of people would never even, maybe even heard of the original version and gone into this and thinking, you know, it's an original story and will never know that there was another version in 1947. Uh, I would be interesting to hear people that the new version was the first version that they watched and then they go back and watch the 47 version and how that works. But both me and Tina... Definitely. If you go, if you're only going to watch one, watch the Tyrone Power version.
0: Mm. Yeah. I must, <clears throat> must admit, I don't really know anything about this film. I've heard, I've seen it on Twitter and whatever, but I've um, it's one that's passed me by a little bit. So I will have to check it out and also the uh, the original, and I'll let you know what I think. Yeah. Which I, I preferred. What order
1: are you going to watch them in? That's the thing. Ooh, well,
0: that's a good question, actually.
1: <laughs> oh so i don't know i don't know i'll, I'll yeah
0: I'll, you'll have to flip a coin i will or i'll just say okay would you fancy a black and white film or yeah. do you fancy a color <laughs> film
1: yeah <laughs> that's, that's a good choice
0: See what she says yeah uh
1: i will say one more and i'll hand it back to you i'll and then i'll keep i've got one more to talk about then and i'll save my favorite one until last uh but one worth checking out is the hunt from 2020 uh it's it's a story that's done before People hunting humans so so many times, especially during the eighties. There's rich people hunting poor people for a laugh. You know they'll they'll kidnap them and put them into a you know usually a deserted island and then hunt Mm -hmm. them and bet on who's gonna finish last or whatever. It's the same story. Twelve people. They wake up, they're in the clearing, there's a box, they don't know what's in the box, they open the box, there's a shit ton of weapons in there, so they arm themselves and then they spread out and off they go. And immediately they're being shot at with guns, with crossbows, with all sorts of shit. They don't know where they are, uh, they don't know how they got there, they don't know how they've been chosen, they don't know what's going on, apart from people are trying to kill them. Now this, and we both really enjoyed this, and we enjoyed it mostly because... uh, of the character of Crystal, played by Betty Gilpin, who people, especially if you listen to Decade of Decadent shows, we talked about a lot about Glow, the TV series. I think that was a Netflix show uh, about women wrestlers back in the 1980s, which was really good. And she was good in Glow. She is amazing in this. She's either the lead character. She is the final girl, as it was. Uh, she's the one that's left in the hunt in her. She's just really awesome in it. Uh, there's some good kills in it as well. CG, uh, could do without some of that, obviously, as always. But it's all about her. You know, the story, yeah, we know all the story and that, but she carries the movie, and we were just we were just like really invested in it all the way through, and we both said at the end, that was pretty good. <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, so, yeah, if you want, it is one of those silly, again, cliche, turn your brain off, kind of action-y, films tongue in cheek, tongue very much in cheek, uh when they were making it and yeah, just just for a good performance by uh Betty Gilpin. And it's just it's it's silly. And I love films like that where it's you know, people hunting people and you're cheering for those being hunted and you want the rich hunter twats killed and you want to see them suffer. So when they do, it's like a bit of a cheer on screen.
0: Yeah, mm. you just talking about, I mean, obviously, hard targets, the one that comes to mind, isn't yeah. it, with Van Damme? But then there was another one, which you've probably seen, but maybe not for many, many years, similar to me. It was a VHS one, uh, Surviving the Game, from oh, 94. Gosh. yeah, yeah. With Ice-T and Rutger Hauer. That's got a good cast as well. So talking about Gary Busey, <clears throat> he's in that as well. Um, Charles S. Dutton, um, F. Murray Abraham, John C. McGinley, uh, you know. So I fancy watching that again, actually. <laughs>
1: I haven't seen that for ages. <laughs> so, But no, I'll check that out. What was that on? What I think that was, I'm pretty sure that was a Netflix film. Netflix. If not, oh, if okay. it wasn't, it would be on Amazon. It was one or the other. Okay. Yeah, so I'll hand it back to you. I'll, like I said, I'll save my favourite one until the end.
0: Cool. Right. I know you've seen this. I'll talk very, very briefly. We watched this uh, The King's Man. Yes. Uh, uh, it's uh, on Disney Plus. it not long been out on cinema. So it seems hmm. to come to Disney Plus very quickly because they were doing their sort of um, dual release, shall we say. So you could stream it, but at a premium. Uh, but this wasn't one of them. I was surprised. I thought it was, I, d- I don't think it's done particularly well financially in the cinemas so maybe that was just what prompted them to uh you know maybe get more subscribers to to watch it on disney plus um it's the prequel to um the the show at uh, sorry the movie with uh colin firth and um oh what's his name taron Eg- egerton Egerton, yeah yeah um which i've seen the first one i've not seen the second one but i really enjoyed the first one and um it's the same director um whose name escapes me can you help me with that <laughs> <laughs> um no i haven't got it up in front of I, I, me I, I will find out um but yeah he, uh, matthew oh, bollocks
1: matthew bollocks the irishman matthew matthew bollocks <laughs> matthew, <O'Bollocks. laughs> matthew vaughn there you go who's um, made some
0: interesting movies. Uh, Again, he did Kick-Ass, Stardust, uh, Layer Cake, which I think is a cracking movie with Daniel Craig. Um, But he seems to have got this franchise with um, Kingsman. um, And so Ray Fines is in it, and it's kind of how how it all started, really. Like I said, it's a bit of a prequel. Um, I enjoyed this more than I thought I was going to... um, it's a period movie and it's got it's a different take on, uh, you know, alternate history, you know, alternative history. Uh, you know, it's sort of the lead up to World War One, and what happens if different things happened. And you've got, um, uh, um, what's his name? The Welsh guy who played, I'm doing really well tonight. I told you I'm getting old. Ree uh who plays Rasputin. Uh, He's mental and, uh, you know, but it's, it's all right. It's not as, um, because I remember that Kingsman being quite funny in places, you know, uh, and a bit over the top, whereas this is a bit more reserved. Uh, It's not as, doesn't play for laughs as much, you know, it's a a bit more sort of straight, I guess, but um, that was good fun. You know, Ray Fiennes
1: is decent in it. What what did you think of it? I... I really enjoyed it. And I know, like you said, number one and number two are very... There's a lot of humour in it. Very funny. Uh, You know, bordering on silly sometimes, but a lot of humour in it. And I know a lot of people have come down on this one because it's not got that same layer of humour. It's more, you know, it's more straight-faced, more po-faced. But I liked it because of that. I really did like it because of that. It was more just more of a standard sort of action film. I loved the character of Rasputin in it. I wish he'd have been in it more. Yeah, I, I thought he was yeah. amazing every time he was in it. But um, yeah, I did really enjoy it. I mean there was things like the first Kingsman. I really enjoyed that and it was silly and now I know, I know throughout the whole history of well, you know, we began talking about 10 years podcasting every show that we've been on, we've always, you know, been silly, rude, immature humor. That's, you know, that's how we are. But the way that the first Kingsman ended on a highly inappropriate and uncalled for and not needed anal sex joke was like, I remember me and Tina sitting there, and we've both got the same sense of humour, and it's like, a, a knob gag, that's funny. Somebody's farted, that's really funny. But then this happened, there was this anal sex gag, and we looked at each other, and we're like, What the fuck? Mm. There was no need, you know, and in you know, in the right place for want of a better term, anal sex (laughs) gags. Anal sex gags can be funny, but this just seemed so out of place that we went. It kind of put a bit of a downer on the end of the film for us, and that's you know, it stuck with me all these years later um, as anal sex would, I guess. But but yeah, and that's I think that's why I appreciated and enjoyed the fact that they'd, they'd taken a little bit of a different tack with this one and gone a bit more serious with it. So I think I enjoyed it as much as the first one. I can't remember a lot about the second one, which probably says a lot about it, that I can't remember too much about it. I do remember quite enjoying it, mm. but um, I mean, I'd happily watch all three again, easily.
0: Mm. Hmm. yeah so I, I i do fancy watching the uh well the the kingsman and and uh or kingsman whatever you, this is where we're saying <laughs> it's confusing yeah, isn't it? because yeah. you had an apostrophe you added the we take <laughs> away the and it's a different you know it's like fuck's sake so uh no I, I do fancy watching kingsman again and also just checking out the sequel because they're on disney plus you know yeah. the so it's it, you know uh, just to see what they're like um I don't want to go into too much detail about these because, uh, you know, people have seen them and, but we are, it's, sort of, I suppose, a couple of kids films, not kids films, but you know, we're watching with them with the kids. Uh, we've started watching the Harry Potter films, okay. um, because we've watched the first one before. Um, but because Lucy is going to Harry Potter world in June, nice. we thought it'd be worthwhile watching the movies with her. Yeah. Um, so I've only ever, I've never really been a big fan of Harry Potter. I must admit it's kind of because the movies came out at the same time as Lord of the Rings and I was more of a Lord of the Rings person. So I kind of just tended to watch those. Um, And so I I just associated them as being kids films, you know what I mean? So Hmm. I I probably just avoided them, but um, so we're going through them. We've watched two of them so far. So Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone uh, and then Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. So the the first one, maybe because I've seen it before, I, I, I don't think it's a great movie. It's it's okay. It's an introduction to the characters. Yeah. From what I've heard, the films get better and darker yes. as the kids get older, and you can tell that their general acting ability has improved. And I think that's the case with the, the, the second one, enjoyed a lot more. Um, it's, it's a little bit more grown up. You, you know, like I said, the, the acting is better. It's, it's just be, a better film altogether. And Christopher uh, Columbus or Chris Columbus did the, the first two movies. And then they introduced different directors uh, over the series. The, the The third one, is it the prisoner of Azkaban? I think um, it is. Yeah.
1: It's the third. Yeah.
0: So, and that was Gary Oldman. And uh, is it Alfonso? I forget his name. Doing really well at this honor. Uh, directed it. So, uh, but yeah, uh, and I've heard that that's a really good one. So I am looking forward to watching them. And to be fair, they're, they're holding the attention of my youngest daughter as well. Uh, they are long films. I mean, like two and a half hours long, you know, at minimum. So, you know, to, she's doing well to, to sort of like sit through them. But, um, yeah, not really a massive fan of the first one. Second one's a lot better. And so just, just worthwhile mentioning. If you, let's take it, you've watched them all.
1: Yeah, watch, yeah watched all of them. Uh more than once actually and the oh here we go we're both fucking forgetting names the new series of that takes place in the harry potter universe what they're yeah. like the prequels aren't they if i remember rightly i think so yeah because i saw
0: a trailer for that today because yeah. um, it's got um jude law as uh, what's his
1: name Uh, Grim (laughs) This is though Any new listener Coming into this show They're talking about movies They know fuck all The amount of times They've gone I don't know who that is I don't know what that is
0: Yeah Yeah Shit they God it's been a long day Sorry
1: Um, (laughs) But they're good They're good as well Have you watched any of those yet? No no we haven't I'm sure the kids would enjoy those too
0: Okay, but no, we're just going to go through the series. And uh, I suppose, from your point of view, because uh, uh, the later movies, uh, um, when Voldemort's introduced more and it's Ray Fiennes again, um, uh, are they, uh, uh, you know, quite dark? I mean, they're still essentially kids' films,
1: but, uh, you know, the content. They do get darker. Yeah, they definitely get darker. Yes. Mm. Yeah, they do. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I do think they do get, I mean, number three is like a high point. I mean, I remember that being really good. But as they go along, yeah, yeah, they do. I'm sure you'll enjoy them. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I'd be surprised if you didn't, actually.
0: Yeah. And I like Robbie Coltrane. And it's good to see him, yeah. you, know, um, it, it, you know, in on the big screen, so yeah. to speak. So, no, that's good um that's i've got one more movie i'll mention school of rock very briefly oh i've not
1: seen that in ages
0: yeah so i watched that when it came out on its release on dvd i remember i bought it in canada actually and uh that's so that's going back to 2003 and haven't seen it since so i thought i'll watch it with the kids see how they get on with it And it's a really fun movie. It's really good. It's got jokes for kids. It's got jokes for the adults. The kids can get behind it because it's, you know, about school kids. And it's about, you know, Jack Black's really good, you know. So, you know, with Jack Black, sometimes I think he can be a bit too overbearing. He can be annoying. Um, Whereas in this, it's like, it's you can't imagine anybody else in the role. It's his film, you know, it's, it's, he's really good in it. And, um, it's like, um, that other John Cusack movie, uh, high fidelity where he's in that. And he kind of steals the scenes in that film as well, doesn't he? Where mm. it's just, he is full on with this, uh, but in a good way, you kind of, you're cheering for him, you know, and what it reminded me of, cause I, 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 watched these with my kids as well. You know, it's through the kids that I've watched them.
1: The nativity films. Have you watched those? um you know what we we almost watched them at christmas just gone because we haven't seen them and then we thought oh now's obviously the perfect time to watch it coming up to christmas let's have a laugh and then i forget why we didn't watch them so i guess they'll go on the watch list for this christmas now
0: yeah i think because there's a series of them so you've got martin freeman in the first one then you've got uh oh, what's his name he's doctor who for a period of time scottish actor david tennant uh i think he's in the second one and then um, the third one, I think Martin Clunes is in it. I think that, that gen- they get, you know, that's not a particularly good one, from what I understand. But the kind of, you know, what School of Rock reminded me of, Nativity. You know, you've got a teacher in a school, and he, they've got to produce some, some sort of like, you know, something amazing, and the, the kids are not very good uh, it's a bit different with with school of rock in that respect, but it's kind of like where I suppose it's like Jack Black's like the out of fish out of water teacher. Mm -hmm. He's not supposed to be there. Whereas you've got like with nativity, you've got the teacher and you've got to pull him all, all the kids together. They've got different abilities and it's about them at the end of it, producing this amazing Christmas show. Um, And so it did remind me a lot of those films, you know, the the nativity movies came out a bit later on, but um, it's a really good film. I'm glad that I went back and watched it. And like I said, some of the, some brilliant jokes. There's one joke I think I'm going to paraphrase the line where his secret finally gets exposed and all of the um, parents of the kids that, uh, you know, he's been teaching, so to speak, you know, um, over the past few weeks uh, you know confront him and he, he says something like you know i've you know your kids have touched me and i've really i've touched them Do you know what i mean <laughs> <And it's, laughs> they all freak out yeah because you know, they take it literally um but you know and so it's just stuff like that because uh, you know and then the show at the end is great it's it's really good it's it's a really good movie yeah enjoyed it and the kid held the attention of the kids as well which is good yeah that's
1: always a an extra bonus if it does that Go on, you've got one more. Do you want to do your other one or do you want... How do you want to do it? I think we've got... Have
0: you got anything? I've got one left. Go on. So, hot off the press. So, today, I went to uh, the cinema and I sat in the cinema for three hours, pretty much almost three hours, watching The Batman. Uh, Again, they've added the The. on it. (laughs) So... Um directed by matt reeves who you'll know um i i must admit i had never heard of him looking at just his name but then when you look at his filmography uh he, he's doing a couple of the new planet of the apes apes movies which yeah. i know you love that series oh god, i yeah. still haven't got around to watching them i must admit
1: you haven't seen any of the you haven't seen the latest trilogy no <gasps> no oh my god mate are you in for a treat
0: yeah, so I, I still need to. There's something I don't know what it is. There's something about the Planet of the Apes movies that I just don't don't attract me, and I don't know why. I can't understand. Maybe it's because it's the animals sort of you know side of things. And what I just you, imagine- you
1: mean? You might get offended. With...
0: There'll have to be accommodation for oh, no. my
1: pussy. I pressed, I pressed vegan <laughs> points by mistake. What a rocket. How, how this show is just spiralling out of control when every regular listener knows that I really, I should have pressed. Whee! 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 There we go. Yeah,
0: that's the one. It's I just imagine them getting killed or some of them getting <laughs> killed and it would bother me and it really would bother me. Um But no, he did war. Um, is it Warf for the Planet of the Apes or of the Planet of the Apes and Dawn uh, of the Planet of the Apes as well so you'll know what those are in terms of yeah. the series and how good they are mm. or what you know what your thoughts are on them he also did Cloverfield as well which I've only seen once good for but them. I remember enjoying mm. um, quite a lot as well so those are I suppose the main movies that you know people oh, and let me in as well which uh was the remake of let the One in which i haven't seen the remake but i've seen the original yeah. i don't think the remake is well regarded generally no, but watched, i don't know watch the original it.
1: definitely stick with the original with that one
0: yeah so again i suppose if you and they this happens a lot now doesn't it you know because Big franchise, big budget movies, and it, but saying that he has handled some big budget movies and big franchises with the Planet of the Apes stuff. But you know, it's a maybe a director that isn't necessarily on generally, you know, the general public's kind of lips as, a, as somebody who would direct a Batman film. So uh, you know, but then saying that I say that like the Marvel movies, direct people, uh, so movies were directed by people that you wouldn't necessarily associate yeah, with yeah. big budget movies. On. So anyway, I'm rambling a bit. So. I mean, let's talk about the Batman series in general. I remember watch I was a kid when the, the Tim Burton film came out in 1989 and was just so excited to watch it. And, and uh, you yeah, know, I was a big fan of the TV series, as I think most people were, because it was just daft, wasn't it? But it was fun. Mm. Um, but it's interesting seeing how the series has moved away from that. And it's kind of drifted back to it with the Joel Schumacher movies. But, you know, really enjoyed the Tim Burton movies but they were always more about the villains they were, Bruce Wayne and Batman were kind of like almost you know side characters it was always about the, the villains and then uh you got the Joel Schumacher movies um which I must admit I watched Batman Forever not long ago I think maybe last year and it's actually better than I remember it's sort of like it's daft you know but it's not a terrible film And then Batman and Robin was just shocking, really. Um, And then obviously Christopher Nolan's movies came along and I loved those. I thought Christian Bale was really good in the role, just a really good trilogy of films, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and all all a little bit different, um, but obviously exploring the character of Batman and just gave Christopher uh, Nolan scope to, you know, do something what he wanted to uh, with some of his influences and Christian Bale, you know, exploring the character and, and So, you know, there's been, uh, I'm not even really going to talk about Ben Affleck as Batman because I've only seen um, Batman versus Superman, which I wasn't really a fan of. So, I, yeah, not. I don't think he's a great Batman, if I'm honest. I know there's been a lot of talk of, you know, when the Snyder Cook came out of Justice League, you know, to sort of reintroduce him as a, as a Batman. And I think, talking about Michael Keaton, he's going to feature in the new Flash film, I think, I possibly, so, yeah. as Batman, mm. there's a, in some way, shape or form um so you know but when robert patterson was announced as batman i've only ever really seen him in the first twilight film i haven't seen any of the. i know you did because you went through them you know tina kind of made you watch them didn't she (laughs) um so but i know that since that twilight which obviously was the film that i think you know has made him really really famous he's then been on to make some really you know interesting choices as an actor i guess yeah um The lighthouse more recently which i have not seen, but i've heard he's he's you know
1: really good
0: you know he's really good in that so and and tenet obviously i saw him in that he was really good in that uh, as from what i can understand about that film um but no he was one of the highlights of that movie so i wasn't sure how he would sort of work as batman as such and because i've got really fond strong memories of the the nolan trilogy you know it's like well do I really need another Batman film in my life at this point in time? Do you know what I mean? I mean those those trilogy of movies were born out of the sort of the the failure of of um, Batman and Robin, so you know, and and they created such a high point for me anyway that you kind of almost think I don't know if I want another Batman film. So mm. with this, um, it's three hours long almost, which you know you. when i saw the running time i was initially thinking shit (laughs) but then i I had a quick look at the um the nolan movies and they progressively get longer i think the first one's like two uh, two hours 20 minutes then the next one's like two hours 30 minutes then the the final one's like two hours 45 or something like that so i'm not far off it but it's still kind of i was thinking and this is um so you, you already know I don't think this is the thing that annoyed me a little bit about um, Ben Affleck's and uh, you know, the the subsequent Batman movies. So it's like, they have to revisit that, uh, you know, how he became Batman almost, you know, that sort of scene where he's a kid and he's watched his parents get murdered. And it's like, we don't need to know that anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, so it's kind of pretty much just set up like, you know, he's been Batman for a couple of years and, you know, He's not necessarily making anything better. That's the thing. And the tone of the movie and the look of it, it very much reminded me and very reminiscent. Some actual scenes, which you could say, have been taken from Seven. It's constantly raining. The the look of it, it's very oppressive. It's very dark. Um, It's very gritty. It's more of a detective thriller than it is a Batman movie almost it just so happens to have Batman in it and um you know it's not a kids film. It's not aimed at kids. It's a fifteen. It's fairly violent. Um it's in terms of its tone, like I said, it's it puts you on edge. You no, know, there's um there's not a lot of respite in it. There's no comedy particularly. There's a couple of lines that you'll you know uh, you you may chuckle at but it's not like the marvel movies where you know it's kind of there's there's a bit of comedy and light relief it, there's no light relief and it reminded me a bit of joker in as much as that they've set this set it in a world where this character you know this over-the-top character it can almost exist in a in the real world if that makes sense like you know you it would be odd to see or to know of somebody dressed up as a, you know, a bat and being a vigilante, but it's almost like it's, it's not hyper realistic. You can kind of imagine it happening. Robert Patterson's really good in the role. I thought he was brilliant. He's, um, is that dark brooding, you know, kind of almost on the verge of insanity in some ways. And, you know, in as much as he, he's questioning his actual role in what he's doing and there's a bit of a voiceover um, and, you know, he's keeping journals as to what he's doing and, and uh, you know, it, it's just, it's, he's to really he treads a fine line of, you know, he, believing what he's doing is, he's doing it for the right reasons, but he's actually not making anything better. And it's, Broken and mm-hmm. it's never going to be fixed. Um, Paul Dano is really good, uh, very chilling in places. Um, I ha- completely forgot and had no idea until I saw the, the the credits at the end that Colin Farrell's in this film. He's oh, yeah. unrecognizable. <laughs> He's absolutely amazing. He just he just you wouldn't even know it was him, and I didn't, you know. Because I, I had to question it. I was, I said, sat next to Wayne, and Colin Farrell was in that. What, what part did he play? And it's like you know, he said, "What? You're joking." There's no. <laughs> so, it's you know, it's yeah. It, Zoe Kravitz is really good as well. Um, it it didn't feel like it was a three hour film. Put it like that, and yeah. I didn't want to go and watch it again. Um And I really enjoyed it. It was it was like I said. A Batman film and it's got certain Batman y type elements in it, you know. Um, but it's almost like, you know, you're kind of questioning whether he is the good guy or not, although he, he he's doing things what he thinks is for the right reason. Um, but he, yeah, very good in terms of its tone and its atmosphere. And like I said, you can see like what you know, how Joker and although there's there's no real connection to them other than the DC characters, um, you can see them coexisting in in this kind of universe almost yeah. you know this world so um yeah really good really really enjoyed it um
1: are you interested Are you going to watch it yeah because you know as you know i you know i dropped out of superhero movies i dropped out of the mcu a long time ago but that's i'm more invested in dc i mean i like the marvel films to begin with loved iron man when that came out and some of the other ones afterwards but I just got so fed up. It was, they're like they really for me. They're just like candy floss for the eyes now, and it's just it's okay to begin with. But after so much, it's just it's there. It's gone. It's sweet. It's bright. It's tasty, and then it's just forgotten. And then you're given another eyeful of the same thing, and it's oh, no not again. I can't I can't stomach any more of this. I've just had enough of them. Whereas DC, I like the fact that they're darker and more. I know people are going to kill me for this if I say more story orientated, and then they go, "Well, what about the Avengers films and the way that it's all twisted again? It's all come together in this one big thing, and that is brilliantly thought out." But I'm, if I guess if I had to pick, you know, are you a Marvel or a DC guy? Well, I, I suppose I'd have to say DC because I'm enjoying, you know, I enjoy Joker. This sounds really good more than the just effects heavy bright same old marvel films that i've just really got no interest in so yeah i hmm. will definitely watch definitely watch this one i guess the question that would be on everybody's lips mate is are the nipples back on the bat suit
0: no another oh. that i n- noticed no and there's no close-up shots of his butt oh <laughs> or him getting suited up as such
1: Oh, i might not watch it now then that's it
0: yeah, it's... Um, I, I listened to the mode review after I'd watched it and uh, oh, he made he a good think? point, actually, that he's he's actually... Because there's comparison, obviously, you know, with his role in um, Twilight, you know, where he's a vampire. Yeah. And he kind of plays a vampire in this. He only comes out at night, you know, and he's... And and so, you know, it's 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 interesting, I suppose, the parallel to that. But no, he's really good in it. I thought he's... I would never thought I'd say that after, like I said, watching bale in the role and and you know loving those movies Mm. but um it's you can't not that you forget that they're there and i kind of really want want to rewatch them but you know it's almost like i have you can accept it's it's another movie and Mm. it's not a cheap cash in it doesn't feel like that the other thing as well is that it's i really fancy playing arkham knight again because that's set in a similar type of open world where mm. it's all rainy and you you know the 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 villains are not so over the top that you can expect uh, you can kind of think that they could you know be actual real people as mm. opposed to like with dandy's veto as the penguin he's he's kind of i suppose more like the comic penguin do you know what i mean yeah, as yeah. opposed to like just a, a mobster when that's kind of how he's played in the games um the more recent games so like the penguin he's just a gangster a mobster he's not somebody waddles around (laughs) you know i mean with flippers for hands so yeah
1: you make me want to play that now
0: yeah
1: oh right it was on sale as well it was on sale i nearly picked it It was like about three quid or something ridiculous damn it anyway yeah far too many games if if you've got a playstation
0: 5 it's part of the playstation collection so you can actually download it for
1: free nice yeah. Well there you go. There's there's a tip for PS5 owners straight away. <laughs> I'm gonna finish. Before we get to the double dip, mate, I'm gonna say my favourite film since we last recorded is from 1955. Ooh. Yeah. Only 82 minutes. Um Dirk Bogart, Margaret Lockwood, Cast a Dark Shadow. I put it on, it was I think it was a Sunday afternoon film. Or if not a Sunday, it was definitely an afternoon film. I liked if, because I'm still on the phased return to work. Uh, so I'm not in, you know, there's a very often if an afternoon I'm at home. So I like to put, you know, put a movie on. And usually if it's an afternoon, I like to watch an old film. I thought, I don't know why I gravitated towards this. Probably Dirk Bogart. Uh, but I thought, well, I've never seen that. You know what? Let's put it on and have a look. And I'm so glad that I did. Because Dirk Bogart, he plays a guy called Edward Bear. Now, of course, his friends call him teddy he's Teddy oh. he's Teddy bear <laughs> yeah. and he is he's um he's he's a money grabbing uh playboy cad he's that's he's after he's using older women for the money, so he's it the movie begins he's married to a much older woman, of course hes just married her for her money, and it's got to the point in the relationship now he just wants her to die. So he can have her money and her property, and then move on to the next woman. Uh, so he concocts this plan to poison her and kill her. Little does he know that the will that she's got at the moment, she doesn't leave him uh, her money. She's just left him her property, the house. So, but he can't, He he doesn't know that if this is you know in the will. He thinks he's going to get everything in the will. So the woman without teddy knowing meets up with her lawyer and she she really loves teddy and she wants to change her will that when she dies teddy gets everything and the lawyer's really suspicious and he's thinking i don't trust that twat he's after your money don't don't do it but she's insistent no i want a new will and i want to leave teddy everything so the lawyer says right i'll draw it all up so while he's getting it all ready teddy goes about his plan and offs his missus Then, oh, obviously, she's dead, only to find out he's left no money at all. He's got the house, but he hasn't got the money. And the lawyer happily tells him that, well, she was just about to change her will and leave you everything. Which, of course, (laughs) pisses Teddy off. He's going, fuck, fuck, I could have had it all if I wasn't so fucking impatient. So then he's off. He's trying to find the next woman then. And uh, he goes about the usual, you know, the different clubs and everywhere where all the women with the money are. And he, he picks up another woman. Little does he know, though, that she's more than a match for him Uh, in, in all sorts of ways. She's very on the ball and very wise and very wise to what he's trying to do with her. But she sort of plays along with it because she's got her own end game and they get married. And Teddy again thinks, right, I'm in the money now. She's loaded, but she's not as subservient as his first older wife was. And she just will not give in to him. And he's sort of now stuck in this new marriage thinking, oh, my God. I need to get out of this because I'm not going to rip her off for all the money. So another woman appears and he starts getting his eye on her. He's going, oh, okay, I'll, 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 I'm going to rip you off and I'm going to bump this current wife off. But woman number three who's appeared isn't who she seems to be. Mm. And more plans are concocted, and with which Teddy ends up on the end of them. and And things happen to him. It's... It's so good. It's so well acted. I was watching it, going, "This is fucking awesome." There was just something about it that I loved. I loved every character in it. Uh, it it was it got moments of great humor in it. Uh, the story was brilliant. There was twists and turns in it that I wasn't expecting. Everything about it was so good, and it finished. And it's like I say, it's only eighty two minutes, and it finished. And I thought. Well, that was a good choice to put that on as this afternoon film about something I, you know, I didn't know about. Um, Yeah. Cast a dark shadow. If you want, if there's a rainy Sunday afternoon, uh, pop this on hour and 20 minutes and uh, it'll leave you with a smile on your face. Great stories. What, you know, films are all about. It's down to good characters and a good story. Well acted. This has it all.
0: Mm, That sounds really good. Um, Looking at the director, Lewis Gilbert. Mm. Um well first of all, he was really prolific. Uh he made his first documentary short apparently in nineteen forty-four, and then he made a film or two or three, as is the case in nineteen fifty-three. <laughs> Every year, pretty much. Um, he just made sometimes two or three films a year, uh all the way up until um nineteen ninety one. And then a little bit of a year break. He's passed away now, but Looking at... He's actually made um, some Bond films as well. So he did You Only Live Twice. Um, the Spy Who Loved Me and Moonraker. And he also directed Educating Rita um, and Shirley Valentine. Some damn good films there, you know. So there you go. He did Alfie as well with um, Michael Caine. Nice. So, yeah.
1: Oh, that sounds good. Mm, it is. You know, it's one that probably most people would never even click on. if you were, And again, I think this was... Uh, I think this would be Amazon. They normally have a lot of the older films on. But again, if it's not on there, it would look on Netflix, but I'm pretty sure it was Amazon. But yeah, it's one you flick past. But it's just one of those just nice little nice little bits of gold that you find now and again that surprises you with what it was. So that was that was nice. Excellent. Yeah. Well it leaves us then, mate, with our double dip. How are we going to find gold in our double dip? What do you think? Do you think we are or are we not? Gold, uh, or, or it might be a bit of a turd <laughs> Yes <laughs> let's, let's come back in a minute And then everybody will find out uh, As we start with our first double dip film And now, preview time
0: When it comes to entertainment You can't beat a good film So let's take a look at what's coming your way
1: So Harlow is a ghost
0: town. We have a vision for this place. All it needs is young blood.
1: I don't want to live here. This is a chance for people to start fresh somewhere. Somewhere safe. Hey, guys. You should see this. What are you doing in our house? You really shouldn't be here. Hardesty. to Sally? I'm afraid your old friend's back. 50 years I've been waiting for this night. Just to see him again. Who? Leather. that he wants. I'm not gonna let him kill you. Fear no evil. Fear no evil.
0: Try anything and you cancel bro.
1: You know what? I might not even edit now because as you ran off, listeners will be wondering what the fuck's happening now. As you ran off for your Wii when that trailer started, I said, "Yeah, I'll edit it." You know, I just as I just as the trailer was ending, you ran into shot on my computer screen, mate. It was it was beautiful timing. The music was going down, the chainsaw was roaring. You come in, still tucking your widget away after your wee. <laughs> Well Believe it or not That was the longest piss I think I've ever had (laughs) You stood there Pissing going Come on I know the trailer's Only two minutes long I
0: know I was thinking Oh I've got You know because but but, I've been drinking loads of water today and just had a cu- cup of tea like oh god you know you sort of like well you can see me but you're sort of dancing around yeah, a little yeah. bit in your seat going oh fucking hell I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this so yeah
1: well I did it alright and I washed my hands as well good I man did. I'm glad you did <laughs> anyway we've just listened to the trailer me and the listeners did you were listening to the the tinkle of piss in a into a toilet and we were listening to the trailer which was very good How about that? Excellent. I hope it was good. (laughs) I haven't seen the trailer for this. Um,
0: So, yes, this was your pick. And Mm. uh, our double dip segment, for people who don't know what it is, um, we basically pick a film for each of us to watch uh, that we've never seen before. As I've always said, it's a little bit more difficult for for me to pick films for Dave because he's watched them, uh, a lot of them. He's got a great encyclopedia knowledge of uh, movies. uh, Whereas I haven't because I can't remember the names of some of the actors and (laughs) both suffered
1: with that in this episode.
0: (laughs) So yes, you picked Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is recently been released on um, Netflix. And just, before we get into the movie and give a few bits of information about the film itself so the texas chainsaw massacre right came out in 1974 Mm -hmm. then there was a sequel in 86 both of them directed by toby hooper uh, then you got Leatherface, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three in 1990. Then you got the Texas, or oh, not the, sorry, Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre: The Next Generation, which sounds ridiculous, uh, which I've never seen, and that's uh, it was '95. Then you got a reboot in 2003, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, but and I don't know whether this is done deliberately on Wikipedia or if it's done as we've said just to differentiate it between the older movie and the current one chainsaw is two words on the original (laughs) whereas it's one on the 2003 version i don't know whether that was deliberate or not but hey ho then you got the texas chainsaw massacre the beginning in 2006 texas chainsaw 3d in 2013 (laughs) leatherface in 2017 and now you've got this new version in 2022 i would you you've seen all of these films i would imagine yes I, do you remember obviously the original goes without saying it's yeah it's a classic isn't yeah. it i mean it's it's uh really i've only ever seen it a few times i've not seen it loads it's i suppose It yeah it's it it was obviously you know notorious um you know, over here anyway with the BBFC and all that kind of stuff. But it is, it. it's not a film that has loads of gore in it and violence mm. in that respect. It's more a case of what you don't see and it puts you on edge and it's a very unsettling film. Um, but yeah, the second one is just batshit crazy. I have seen that. I have got an Arrow version of that which came out. It's got um, uh, Dennis Hopper in it. Who's mental? Um, uh, then the all of the others. I've seen the 2003 version because so that's got Jessica Beale in it, which I didn't think much of. But then, oh my god! You know, it's like, geez, well, there's so many movies. And do we need a sequel? Do we need do we need all these reboots and everything? I I just don't. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? The the whole franchise.
1: Yeah, I mean. I remember the first time that I watched the original and being very disappointed with it because, you know, it was back in the time with the VHS and all the video nasty shit that was going on and it was made out to be this most horrific, bloodthirsty film with people decapitated and guts flying and chainsaw killings and this, that and the other. Because, you know, everything was just blown out of proportion and then I got to watch it. And then there's there's hardly any blood in it. So I was like, oh, "Well, this isn't the film that I was expecting or wanted," so I didn't really enjoy it. But it's been one of those that, over the years, every time I watch it, I enjoy it more and more. I really do enjoy the film now. Uh, I just I was sold a different film when I originally watched it. Mm. I love Number Two as well. Uh, I remember sort of enjoying Number Three. I remember, <laughs> I remember with Number Three that was another one we talked to earlier. About watching uh, like with Conair, and you didn't know there was an uncut version, and that I remember getting the original version of, of Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, and then finding out oh it was severely cut, and then on the hunt for the uncut version of that, and watching that. For I remember that mostly because of Matthew McConaughey in it and his character in it. Uh, then after that they get a bit hazy. Uh, I know I've watched, I think I've only watched those once. The first four, I've watched all of them more than once. But after that, all of them I've only watched once. So memory's a bit hazy about them. So I couldn't couldn't really bring up many details about the later ones. But Mm -hmm. it's a case of, you know, I've watched all of them. There's a new one. I'm going to have to watch it, aren't I? And it it was sold, at least to me, I took it, and correct me if I'm wrong, and if you thought it was any different, as this was a case of this film you watch the first film then you ignore all the other films this is like the true sequel years later
0: yeah that's kind of that what i took from it so that's the way that it sets up the film um just a bit of information then so it uh, well the running time is an hour and 23 minutes but realistically i think it's about an hour and seven or not eight mm. minutes. The, the, I think there's a lot of credits. There is a lot of end. credits.
1: Yeah.
0: So <laughs> it's, it's not a very long film at all, really. Uh, it's got a four point nine out of ten on IMDb at thirty six thousand uh, ratings. Um, Metacritic score of thirty four based on twenty eight critic reviews. That's three positive, twelve mixed, and thirteen negative. Um, I'll I'll just pick a couple from each. So. The top one, let's go with this, the rap. Um, To some, a film with underdeveloped themes, thin characters and superficial gore might seem like a bad thing. To connoisseurs of the slasher genre, it's all part of a well-balanced breakfast. Texas Chainsaw Massacre's narrative efficiency and tight 81-minute running time make it an ideal delivery system for creative kills and memorable gore. Uh, The Guardian, against considerable odds, a very, very low bar has been met and then shuffled. Uh, sorry, yeah, shuffled over with this mostly effective and incredibly nasty update. A jolting little slasher that should repulse and satisfy those with a suitably depraved idea of what they are clicking into. And then I'll go with one of the really low ones. Um, let's go with... Uh, yeah, well, oh, San Francisco Chronicle. They gave it zero. Um What garbage, seriously, what absolute bereft, witless, unoriginal, unrewarding, soulless garbage that's 40 years past scaring anybody. The only power this formula retains is the power to make you feel a little sad at the ugliness, at the cynicism, and at the pathetic waste of your own mind as you watch it. (sighs) Scathing.
1: Um,
0: So, as I suppose I've pointed out in a roundabout way, I've got no real... Uh, love for the franchise as such. I haven't seen uh, most of the movies that that have um, been released. So uh, I just didn't, I really didn't know what to expect with this uh, at all. Um, uh, And the synopsis is after nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorise a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texan town. I quite enjoyed it. Um I thought for the short running time, it didn't hang about. Um it had got a lot of gore in it. I mean it was really full on in places. Um and it it was it just moved along at a decent pace. I wanted most of, if not all, of the victims to get killed <laughs> because <laughs> i just didn't like them uh you know it's got i suppose I, I don't know whether this was intended by the director but you know particularly with the, the the world that we live in today and how i suppose a lot of young people nowadays view the world and that they're perhaps better than everybody else whether you call it woke or not i don't know but it's sort of that mixture of they're in Texas, they've, they're driving an electric car, you know, like it says, I suppose they're idealistic. You've got, They've got views on the world about guns and various other bits and pieces, but they're in Texas, you know, and then they they come across this guy who's openly carrying a, a gun and they just don't like him because of the way he looks, because the car he drives, because of everything else, you know, and, and so they make judgments about him and mm-hmm. then they, you know, feel that they're better than, Everybody He's else There's the Union them.
1: flag. There's the Union flag flying on one of the buildings, isn't there? And it, like, pisses them off.
0: Yeah. So there's a lot of all of that sort of stuff. And so I kind of, when I started to, you know, th- th- there aren't many characters that you're sort of rooting for mm. in the so-called victims, shall we say. Um, there's one which uh, was involved, as the film transpires, in a, a school massacre and survived that and you know she's a bit sort of screwed up and messed up so i suppose she's the one that you do uh you know root for a little bit but generally speaking they're all wankers and you kind of want them to get <laughs> sort their faces sawed <laughs> off um so and that kind of that's what happens really and as it moves at a fair old click they turn up at this town or this this kind of ghost town they want to sell it to their investors um and turn it to something else there's remnants of people that lived there that were apparently should have been evicted um and was it, is, it, is it an orphanage or was it was an, an orphanage the, the the um the building that they go in yeah, there's an the old, old woman there yeah. yeah there's an old woman there and she says that she's got deeds to stay there and and they don't believe her because you know like i said they know better and she ends up um going in the back of uh, uh, an ambulance because she's, you know, got problems breathing. There's a son who goes with her and she ends up dying and then it, uh, you know, all fucking hell just breaks loose and just people getting killed and massacred and you know, left, right and centre. Some very violent and gory kills Um, and you know, one of the the lines that made me laugh, which uh, there's a scene where Leatherface gets onto a a bus full of party goers and they're all getting pissed up. And um he turns up with a, a chainsaw looking the way he does, and they'll just get the camera phones out, <laughs> <and> start pointing <laughs> at them at him. And then this one guy says something like, Do anything or and I'll cancel you, or I'll get you cancelled. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of again whether that's that was intended as a, a critique on today's society or or what, I don't know. But we all know about cancel culture and all that sort of stuff um and then he obviously this guy gets his his face chains chainsawed off so you know i was cheering a little bit for that but generally speaking i enjoyed it it didn't have a very long running time mm. it was entertaining enough it had some good gore in it you like, no not going to set the world alight. similar to much art i guess in some ways i'm not a purist fan of the the uh series so it didn't offend me in that respect um and it was OK. It was fine. It was perfectly fine. You know, it it did. It it, it it pressed a button for me. It did something for me. It stimulated that part of my brain that doesn't generally watch gory films. And must submit these days gory horror films. So, you know, it was fun. It was a nice throwback to watch something a bit, you know, that, that I don't generally watch. Hmm. So what about you?
1: Yeah, this uh, this ticked virtually every box for things that piss me off in movies. With like you said, characters, really cliché characters, characters that I couldn't give a fuck about, you know. And when you're you're making a film where a lot of the characters going to die, it would be nice to care for some of them rather than going, rather than cheering for Leatherface and his chainsaw, going, yeah, go on, hack him, hack him up, because I don't care about them. And so predictable, like you said, with the girl, she'd been in that school massacre and she'd been shot. And she'd got this, obviously, she'd got now an aversion to guns and can't handle guns. And you knew she's going to get a gun and shoot Leatherface at some point. You knew right from the beginning that was going to happen. You knew she was going to be the final girl. You knew as soon as the bus came into shot. Now, I thought it was just a normal greyhound bus. But then when you get inside of it and the party begins to happen and it's this big party bus. As soon as the party started, you knew that. Leatherface would end up in there with his chainsaw and start flailing around and start killing people. There was not one surprise in it whatsoever. C.G. Gore, again, a big bugbear of mine, which I can't remember. Can you remember off the top of your head? Were there any... There must have been some practical effects. All I can remember is some of the shitty... CG stuff with like CG entrails coming out of the bus and all of this. And I thought, yeah. just get—it's not too difficult to do practical. Surely it would cost more, you would think. You know, I'm probably wrong to do C like CG entrails coming out of a bus rather than, you know, real ones or even fake real ones, if you know what I mean. You know, just get some whatever material and throw some practical guts out of a window. Yeah, do think I don't know that? if there's
0: because there's a bit where a cop gets his hand broken. Uh, at the start yeah and the bone comes out yeah Yeah.
1: I'm not sure Um, if that was if that was CG or not
0: and there's a leg break as well which Mm. is like things like that made me wince
1: yeah yeah but there was no there was everything was just so telegraphed all the way through which makes it all the more surprising that much like yourself mate I quite enjoyed it, even though with all of those things that just not, oh, I'm fucking doing that. and I don't know. That's going to happen things that would normally piss me off and would make me go, this is a load of shit. And, you know, I have watched all of the films and, like, you, know, I've not got no huge affinity to the character or the franchise. So, I, you know, I don't really care. Oh, well, they've got this bit of the timeline wrong and this character coming back because there is a character from the original film that comes back the original final girl from the final film, she comes back in it. And even with that, you know, spoilers ahoy with this one, I suppose, with she gets, she gets chainsawed, but the way that she gets chainsawed and survives for a while because <laughs> she comes back with it, you think, what? There's people in the bus that didn't get chainsawed up as much as that and died, and she really mm. gets it, and she lives. And again, you just know how it's going to end. But I had fun with it, like you. I just there was an indefinable X factor to it that despite all the pissing and moaning that I've just done, it got to the end and I was like, Yeah, that was pretty fun actually. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And again, that's how I mark films on Letterboxd. I don't mark them for how good a film they are. There are far better films than this. I mark them for how much I enjoyed them. And I enjoy it. I give it three stars if I remember rightly, because mm. I had I had fun with it, and and to me that's the bottom line of of sitting down and watching a movie. I want to be entertained and 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 enjoy it, and I did. It yeah. With this. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Same. I gave it two and a half because I thought it's a it's a you know middle of the road. It's because uh, it's out of five. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was funny enough. <clears throat> Just an interesting little bit of information. Uh, so the the person who does the voiceover. Um, Name is an actor called John Larroquette, who I recognize from Stripes. Um, he plays Captain Stillman, who's sort of like the pervy captain who's a bit inept and he's always perving on girls in showers and whatever. So I recognize him from that. But he did the original voiceover, um, for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1974. So I was just having a quick look at his, um, because I wondered why. Why he, have him as the voiceover? That was what kind of made me look at his, you know, because it's just, you know, the voiceover at the start, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and then he did the voiceover for, I'm just scrolling through uh, IMDb now, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 2003. Uh, and then he did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning in 2006, a voiceover for that. Uh, and then he did another te- uh, voiceover or which one was it? Uh, scrolling, scrolling. Oh, no. So, so it's for this one. So it's interesting. I just found that interesting that he he did the original and obviously got him back to do the voiceover for this one as well. So I was like, mm. fair enough. You know, maybe that's his job
1: for life now. That's it. now. Yeah. He's waiting for another Texas film. So he could, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, you know, he's thanking everybody that there is, you know, a lot of films in this franchise so we can do yeah. another voiceover in it. I will say just as a little side note. Going back to 93, I think, I did spend a very enjoyable, I think it was like about easily half an hour with the original Leatherface, Gunnar Hansen, at uh, Fangoria Weekend of Horrors in Detroit. I went there and much to my surprise, well, I knew he was going to be in there, but much to my surprise you walk in, nobody was near him. Nobody was bothering with him. He was stood. You know, you go to Comic-Cons, and you see some people and they've, they're on the desk and they've got all the photos laid out before them. And there's nobody, there's nobody near them. And then usually by some horrible stroke of luck, the person next to them is immensely popular. And they've got like, you know, a queue of people like a mile long waiting to see them. And then this poor bugger sat there. He was just stood at the desk and nobody was anywhere near him. And I was like, holy fuck, that's going to answer. And so I went across and had a chat with him. And of course, in America, they hear that you've got an English accent. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, have a chat. And he was lovely. Got a load of photographs with him, got him to sign stuff and everything. But he was such such a lovely, he was a gentleman. He was a gentleman. And, you know, we just stood and chatted for it. it was at least half an hour. Uh, and he, he was he was really nice, which you think, you know. Leatherface—that is where you go. Difference between the actor and you know the character. So, mm. yeah, I think that's that's my strongest sort of affinity to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre franchise. Is is Gunnar Hansen being a really nice guy when I met him? You would oh, well consider F- Fangoria. You would imagine that he would be relatively mm. well known then, and people would be wanting to talk to him. Yeah, I know. think maybe. I think by then, maybe. I mean, because we're talking about twenty years after the original, um, maybe people because in america i guess a lot of the fans had already met him by then you know and he was doing the round. i don't know it, it would have been different i suppose if it was over here in the uk but maybe he'd done the round so much that people going oh it's going to hansen at another one of these i've met him and not bothered and the whole time that we were talking together nobody came up to him we were just like having a chat <laughs> just undisturbed crazy mm mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A bit like your Scott Atkins
0: story where nobody yeah. was aware of him, when, yeah. you know, at a Comic Con and you had a chat with him.
1: Yeah, he comes to Wraxham. I was like, no, nobody's bothering. And we're going, it's fucking Scott Atkins there. Why is, why is <laughs> nobody talking to him? Come on, people. Jeez. Oh, well. But yeah, so we both had fun with it. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. Let's see if we both had fun with the second Double Dip film. Jen's dead? Yeah. Our target took her out. Kuan
0: Chi. Queen of the Bangkok underworld. If it gets us closer to Jenny's killer, that's all that matters. A kidnapping mission in broad daylight. I have to go. We're going together. <laughs> I might know someone crazy enough to help.
1: You boys are
0: on a suicide mission. This woman you're dealing with she needs to be stopped. Oh, I'm die for the Grand hey. Look, this is the only opportunity we have. They are coming. I don't like this. I'll do this one alone. You know what your problem is, Kai? You think you're better than us? Eyes on the pride and try to provide. Stop the hands off times to give them a sound. But I try like make Tony Hart rides little whiskers off. And I'm gonna die for it to pay off. You're trying everything. young i avoid the pain again. You know what? You could just say sorry. <laughs> Did you guys like this today or so No. Oh my god. There you go. That was the trailer for Fistful of Vengeance. Oh. Um, so this was my pick. <clears throat> Uh, well, shall I say, I'm sorry, Dave.
1: <laughs> so you should um, be.
0: So this was my pick because I was just looking around for things to watch, and I noticed the poster, and I thought, "Ooh, that looks interesting." It's got a fairly colourful poster. It's a little bit Marvel esque. Um, it's got the guy out of the raid in it. Yes. It's like, ooh, ooh, that looks good. I'll let's what let's see if uh, Dave's watched that, um, and you haven't. And mm. now you have. Um, so ne- I didn't know this before I watched the film, but this is based on a TV show on Netflix again called Woo Assassins. And it's got the same cast in it. So I'm not even sure how you pronounce his name. So I'll go with this. was Uwas. Awa. wa, Don't know. It's the guy from the raid. Um, basically, and, um, and the raid too. So, yeah. So, so, maybe that put, if I'd have known that, I'd have perhaps watched the TV series first. But anyway, I didn't. So, I just went into it blind. Um, it's an hour and 36 minutes long. It's got a 4.6 out of 10 on Metacritic, uh, sorry, on IMDb. It's a 4.8 thousand ratings. The Metacritic is. Forty-four, So one positive, uh, three mixed, and two negative. He hasn't got that many ratings, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, I'll just pick one from the So this one's from Polygon. Um, in the hands of a more talented filmmaker, the movie had the potential to become a new martial arts classic. In uh, Rens, it's the kind of thing that plays well as an evening's diversion on Netflix, but doesn't ever rise above the level of just another good mid-tier actioner. Um, one of the middle ones, so we'll go with RogerEbert.com. Uh, Fistful of Vengeance is a movie in duration only. It's pretty slapdash in terms of its execution, even during its glossy-looking action set pieces. And then the one of the worst ones, so this is from Paste, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> it is glorious to see a predominantly Asian cast, including, including Asian-Americans, and extended scenes set against a glorious Thai backdrop. However, there's little else to enjoy in this middling martial arts flick. Um, Synopsis. Kai Jin, a young Chinatown chef in present-day San Francisco, becomes entangled with the Chinese triad's pursuit of deadly ancient powers known as the Wu Xing. There you go. Over to you. What, What did you think of Fistful of Vengeance?
1: That, that pause, I think that pause says it all. Oh, mate, I'll tell you, in however many years we've been doing the entertainment show and specifically the double dip section, I honestly think this is the worst one that we've watched. I really do. I would argue the point that it's an hour 36. It seemed like fucking five hours long. The amount of times I looked at the clock when it was on. I think I looked at the clock more often than I did at the film going, please let it end. There's a bit and it's in the trailer. Where it's towards the end of the film and they go, this ends tonight. And when they said that line, I almost audibly went, thank fuck for that. Thank fuck it, it's going to end. Because I just want it to end. Now, there was, I mean, I talked about CG in The Texas Chainsaw. This has truly horrific CG. or like first year student level cg in places there's bits where a machete goes into somebody which i just had to rewind and watch again it was laughable there's all sorts of horrible effects the script is cringeworthy the acting oh my god the acting is terrible really terrible the story couldn't give a fuck about it never watched the tv show uh there is like i said there's an exposition jump at the beginning gets you up to speed And I said, again, with the Texas Chainsaw, I mean, there's a lot of similarities to stuff that pissed me off in Texas, that pissed me off in this, but at least with Texas, I enjoyed it. This, this I I did not enjoy whatsoever. I did not care what happened to the characters. This, oh my God, there's, I don't mind, right? Films with a non-linear narrative are fine with me. That's all good. But sex scenes... (laughs) a non-linear like the one in this film just pissed me off it's one of the i know it's a little point but it did piss me off because by this by the time this sex scene came in i was i'd had enough of it i really had enough of it and then it i think it begins with a sex scene like they're banging away and it's tits out and then it cuts to oh she's got a bra back on again now and a skirt or something and then something else and then it's oh it's tits out again And then it goes back and she's dressed again. And it's like, for fuck's sake, even the sex scene is annoying the piss out of me with (laughs) it. (laughs) Come on. I didn't know who it was aimed at. It's a 15. But I think that's for... There's one scene where they walk into a room and the table looks like Ed 209 has been in there and just blasted the shit out of people. And there's like bits of body parts spread all over this big long table. You don't see it happening, do you? You don't see what happened. I mean, I would have loved to have seen, earn that 15 rating and show me what happened. You know, before, don't just show me the aftermath. Show me everybody being sliced and diced or whatever. So there was that scene, and there was the stupid non-linear sex scene. But they were the only bits where I thought, okay, so that's why it's a 15. A lot of it just seemed like really kiddie-friendly even the fight choreography, I didn't like. And I've read reviews of people praising it, but I just didn't like it. It seemed just so mechanical. No, I mean, not a patch on, like, The Raid or The mm. Raid 2. Nowhere near that kind of action. So even the fighting where you think, well, this will liven it up a little bit. At least now we've got a fighting scene. And, you know, and have a bit of fun watching that. And it was like, by fight number whatever, I was just bored with it. It's like, oh, here's another boring fight scene again with characters that i don't care about honestly mate everything about i'm getting worked up talking about it now because it annoyed me so much this film really did annoy me so much watching it it was so bad it was so bad that i can't remember how far into it we were tina went on the phone and she was just on the phone the music in it music in it oh and i use the word music in its loosest possible sense at one point satina's on her phone by now she's had enough of it she's completely uh, doesn't give a shit about the film which is really rare and i mean really really rare normally if anybody's going to drop out of a film it'll be me but she's gone she's on her phone and then she lifts her head at one point just to say oh, my God, this music's giving me a headache. (laughs) It was just, (laughs) no. I mean, again, you know, no film's going to have my perfect soundtrack of, you know, 80s hair metal all the way through. But it did get annoying that every fight scene, action scene for what they were, just had this relentless pounding fucking music that was, oh, again, annoying. Uh, Yeah, it would probably be my one-word review would be annoying. I feel, I feel like my head's going to explode talking about it, that it's, even thinking about it, mate, it was. Can you think, seriously, can you think of, now I don't know if you disliked it as much as I quite obviously did, but can you think of a film that we've talked about, double dip wise, that, I mean, oh, we've had some stinkers. We have had some stinkers in the past, but I looked through, because I've created a list again, on my letterboxed. Of um, one of my lists is double double dip, and every time it's a double dip film, I put it into that list so I can go through and look at our double dip films at least from when I started um, logging everything on Letterboxd, which was January the first, twenty twenty. So we're into two years now of me logging double dip films, and I went through mate, and none were as bad as this for me. <laughs> Yeah, I can't, I mean, you've hit
0: all of the the, the, the main points and, you know, it, it is bollocks. Mm. It really is. I mean, the thing is, I suppose, it's, I mean, there's lots of things. It, in some ways, it's fairly flashy how it's directed. Um, you know, it, it it moves along and, but the, the fight, well, the, the fighting I done with you, I thought was rubbish. First of all, like you said, it felt very mechanical. It felt very slow. It felt overly choreographed. There was no weight to anything that happened. Um, the other thing, so there's a supernatural element to this. So uh, the, the one of the main characters and some of the other characters, in they, you know, they can sort of do, th- you know, when they don't hit, they can actually, um, you know, send a blast mm. of something. Were a you were like expecting sonic this? Boom.
1: Were you expecting this before you watched it? Because this, at this, when this first, the supernatural bit first came into the film, this is before Tina got a phone out. So she was still actually watching it. And we both went, Oh, wasn't I expecting this. We didn't know there was any sort of supernatural bit to it at all. I think based on the, just looking at the poster, I thought, Oh yeah, there, there might
0: be a bit of, you know, supernaturally type, you know, magic stuff happening. So there's that. So, but none of it, like you said, the, the, the stabbings and the, there's one bit which I suppose is a little bit reminiscent of the raid where, like you said, they go into a building and the enemies, the bad guys in it, they seem to be able to um, possess people and, you know, so then they become zombies and attack at will. Mm-hmm. So they go through a building full of people, shooting them, stabbing them, killing them, and, and none of it just did anything for me there was just no sense of adrenaline there's no sense of excitement mm-hmm. like you said the soundtrack was just just full of like dub step or like rap music or not that i've got anything against rap music basically but it was just it was so or covers of um 80s songs there's one by in excess i think it is and it's mm-hmm. just like so it's it's become a bit of the norm these days isn't it um
1: where you kind of get
0: a bit of a whiny voice singing yeah. a classic didn't song.
1: It, didn't it start with a cover of In the Air Tonight? Was that yeah. the oh, first yes.
0: One? Yeah, and then the Never Tear Us Apart by In Excess was yeah. in it as well. It's like, fucking hell. <laughs> Looking at the director, <clears throat> excuse me, Um, because I, I must have, I've never heard of this chap before. His name Roll Roel Wren, I think his name is. Um, so this gives you some idea of some of the films that he's done. Um, you know, to the, the quality of the, some of the things that I guess you know have led to this. So the Marine Two, <clears throat> I think the Marine was a WWE um, film with John Cena, possibly. Uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, uh, Death Race Two, oh, God. Scorpion, Scorpion King Three, Battle for oh, Redemption. My <laughs> I didn't God. Even know it was,
1: I didn't know Uh, that existed.
0: No. Death Race 3, Inferno, um, 12 Rounds 2, Reloaded, which again, I think was a WWE film. The Condemned 2, which was a Stone Cold uh, Steve Austin, the first one was anyway, going back to what we were talking about, you know, people being hunted on an island. Mm. Uh, Hard Target 2. What? So with Scott Scott Atkins, just uh, going back to Scott Atkins. So, you know, uh, he, uh, he hasn't made it. It's kind of like, you know, those are the kinds of, like, director uh, video sequels that he tends to focus on. Looking at this, he's actually got, in post-production, because people are excited about the new Halo TV series, mm. he's directed a couple of episodes of that. I was like, fucking really? hell. Uh, my, oh my interest my in that has
1: gone downhill. Because um, I, am, I am really interested in that new Halo series. I've seen little clips of it and the clips that I've seen I've really fired my interest up. And I thought, oh, my God, that looks that looks pretty bloody good. But then you're saying he's directed to episodes. Oh, well, oh, okay.
0: look out for episode one, episode three and episode four. Right. And if they're shite, then you know why. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so it's one of them where, I, like I said, I looked at the poster and I thought, oh, this could be interesting. It's got, like I said, the guy at the raid in it. I think one of the other actors, uh, Louis Uh, Tan I think his name is he's um, in the new Mortal Kombat movie Mm. Um, but they were all really annoying just really really irritating all of them Um, I I don't know if it tries to be clever with some of the dialogue and it just all falls flat Um, it made me just think because it has elements of it and I think well this came out before uh, uh, when did this come out was it before or after but either way it just made me want to watch Shang-Chi mm. because I don't know if you've seen that no, um, no. but that's you know martial arts mixed with a bit of magic and you know and I just thought god if this isn't just ripping that off then it's pretty damn close to what they're you know it's uh, obviously more violent and mm. um you know, I got swearing and like you said, the sex scene and it was fucking ridiculous. So what, so this is some of the dialogue. One of the, this made me laugh actually was, um, I think one of the characters says to the other character, um, I can taste when you're lying. (laughs) So what does that mean? It's so, you know, it's so ridiculous and just, it's, it's, it's crap it it really is I mean uh, you know the the start of it it kind of reminded me a little bit of Blade you know they go into a club and they uh, you know they're fighting uh, this enemy that seems to be able to suck the souls out of people Uh, when did where the fuck did that come from Um, and it actually reminded me a little bit of Mortal Kombat you know because one of the characters at the end turns into like an old wizard type you know sorcerer or something it's like, and so i don't one thing i didn't understand is they keep talking about this yin and yang so it's built from what i oh god because i again i had half an eye on it i must admit because i was kind of getting annoyed with it but so it sets it up so these three characters the three lead characters if you like uh so you've got kai you got tommy and you have got Lou. they are, go to see a guy who tells them about this story of a brother and a sister, one's yin and yang, one's good and bad. And so, you know, this it's built up that the sister is the bad one and the brother is the good one. And yet, at some point, they're in cahoots together and the brother is a bad one. He's the main bad one. What the <laughs> fuck did that happen? I don't... Where did that they go to meet him i mean you could see something happening you're thinking oh yeah i don't trust him at all Mm. but then it's like and just the way they talk to each other was so annoying there's a um a a girl in it called priya oh she's so irritating she's the one that's got the
1: british accent oh when she appeared and then well every time she appeared like my, my heart sunk and i was like oh my god please well at least don't give her any dialogue and then they did give her dialogue and, yeah, she, she was terrible, but she was terrible in, in a sea of terribleness. <laughs> because, and,
0: yeah, oh, yeah, and, and then this Interpol agent um who has sex with one of the other characters, so she's in a van watching something happening, and then she's like, oh, something's going on here. She runs out, and she's just got, like, a bra on. It's like, what? So what? You, you just walk it
1: running around with like yeah. a sports bra or something. on? Like, yeah. And what, then that she's that in the van. That makes no sense. It doesn't because she's in the van at one point and then she leans forward. She leans forward purely for the gratuitous cleavage shot and no other reason whatsoever. I'm just wearing a bra. I lean forward and let my breasts hang a little bit for you to ogle at while I deliver this line of shit dialogue and then we'll move on <laughs> to the next crap scene that was it no it, uh, I honestly since watching it I, I really have been trying to think of one positive can I come up with just one positive thing to say about it which you normally can with even the worst of films and I really can't hand on heart mate come up with one positive thing about my viewing experience of this I mm. really can't, and I cannot remember the last time that that happened. And you know, you know me; I've seen some shit. <laughs> but this, this, I don't know. Whereas the Texas Chainsaw Massacre had ticked a load of boxes, like I said, the boxes of stuff I don't like it. It got that indefinable X factor. This had not got a- anything to it at all. This had not got the merest crumb of anything. Mm.
0: Uh, yeah,
1: uh, yeah.
0: There's just nothing really good about it about it at all, yeah. was there really? Um which you think there might be something because of like it's got martial arts, it's got Yeah, yeah. You know, it's got stuff like that in it. It's just wait, no, it's crap. It was really bad. It was bad. Sorry. i I I'll try not to pick something
1: so bad next time. It <laughs> was, was like, again, people listening, if you've watched it, either way, if you didn't like it, send us an email and let us know and read it on the next show and tell us why you didn't like it. But if you did like it as well. Please let us know when you know, why did you like it? You know, it's any creative art. It's all subjective, isn't it? Just because we didn't like it doesn't mean to say you're wrong because you did like it. We're right. You're wrong because you liked it. Mm. Uh, you know, everybody's right as far as any creative art goes. It's your opinion, isn't it? But if you did like it, let us know and tell us what, you know, what you enjoyed about it did you like do you like nonlinear sex scenes are they your, <laughs> are they your thing I don't know maybe they are maybe the, that was the standout for you but yeah I mean at least we enjoyed one of out of the two yeah so that's all yeah. right that's all right we've you know we've had times where we didn't like both of them we're, we're still going we need our first enjoying both mate that's what we're going for this year
0: Mm, definitely <laughs> there was something I, was, I can't remember what it was now but well, well that's just been the theme of tonight isn't it but i'm sure i looked at something else afterwards and thought oh we should have picked that now But hey ho
1: next time maybe next time we yeah. shall see well shall we wrap everything up definitely okay then well obviously everybody knows by now the website 60mw.co.uk numerical 60 not alphabetical just go there everything's on there All the links to everything, all the different format shows that we do. The drop down box under podcasts has had a little bit of a rejig. It's easier to find stuff now if you want stuff about the 80s or interviews or music or video games or just entertainment stuff. Just click the drop down box and and pick and choose any of those. Twitter and Instagram at 60MW Podcast. Follow us on those. YouTube as well. Subscribe on there there's uh well i mean you went on there not too long ago talking with james pax uh since then i've done an interview show with craig fairbrass that's one i didn't talk about bugger i'll save it for next time me and tina Ooh. watched a craig fairbrass movie uh and we both really enjoyed it i'll save that for the next show mate i'll write it down
0: excellent and i didn't mention cuphead either oh. Damn. <laughs> Save that for the next time.
1: Save that for the next time. Uh, I will mention, I'm not going to mention it on every show. I'm just going to mention it occasionally on whatever different format shows. But I am going to say, um, because you're a member of this elite group, mate, you are what is now known as a treasured supporter. So I will say it for people that don't follow on our social media, because I'm not going to push it down everybody's throats. But there is a thing now. I did say that I would never like join Patreon and, and put any content behind a paywall, which I'm never going to do. I'm not going to put any of our podcasts behind a paywall ever. Uh, but if you do want to support us, we have got a thing on the website. It's I always wonder how to say this. I always say Kofi, but then Tina says, no, you should say coffee because that's what it's supposed to be. Mm. But the O F I isn't it? Yeah. So however you want to pronounce it, there's links all over the website. What you can do now, they've made a way that you can you can donate monthly. You can set up a monthly donation from a pound. You can just donate a pound a month. Now you don't. Again, I'm not going to hide any any shows behind the paywall or anything. But I do want to give a little bit of something back for what you donate. You can donate a pound a month or however much you want to. Uh, the first thing I've done is I sent like a newsletter out that to these treasured supporters and it just gives you some backstage stories uh, you'll get early access to who the interview shows are going to be gives you a chance to answer you know if you want a, a question put to one of the interview guests you get a chance to do that um so i'm just going to do things like that that you do get something um going forward we'll see what happens but all the shows of course will always remain free so i'll just put that out there just every now and again Uh, Just to remind people, if you do want to help support and keep us, it does all go towards the hosting, the podcast and the website and keeping us online. So that's always nice. And thank you to everybody that does that. Of which I'll say thank you to you because I know you're one. And Wayne is. And Pete is. And Postman Gav is as well at the moment. Oh, awesome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you to everybody that that has already signed up to be a treasured supporter. So thank you. Uh, And that's it. We shall record together again at the beginning of May. Um, obviously we'll record different shows with different people between now and then. Always loads of content. We said at the beginning, you know, the uh the movie shows that are on the desktop, ABC of Gaming that will follow this. That'll be the next episode to be released. Uh there's another oh Trophy Achievers show. There's there's more every there's more of everything. You know what we do. There's more of everything coming out and we'll continue to do so, mate. So yeah, before you know it, again, like we said, we'll be sat here celebrating our 20th anniversary. Oh, I know.
0: and Yeah, my daughter will be 20.
1: <laughs> oh, the, yeah, that'll be it. By now, mate, you'd have been interrupted with the door, the front door would have banged. She'd have come in, pissed up, shouting and screaming. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I should say, well, she does that now, but, you
1: know.
0: <laughs> no, oh, that's something to look forward to, I guess. Yeah. Good luck well, to be that. fair, I probably won't be podcasting on a Friday night because, I, or if I do, I'll be thinking, I'll be saying to you, "Right, I'm off out to collector." Uh, you know,
1: yeah, so. you'll be the taxi then, mate. Be dad, pick me up. I've been sick outside the pub. Ugh, <laughs> oh, by then, mate, here's a good, here's a good sobering thought for you. By the time we celebrate twenty years of podcasting, uh, I'll be retired. How about that? Oh, I think yeah, but, uh, I won't be
0: jealous at all. Bloody hell. <laughs>
1: I'll just be talking. Uh, there'll be a, there'll be a new format show all about pensions and free bus passes. like That'll be that'll be the new format show then. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Awesome. We shall go. Uh, so thank you everybody for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll be together soon. But of course, me and Chris and all the rest of the team will be pumping out shows in your ears between now and then. So thanks for listening, and uh, goodbye from me. And it's bye-bye from me.